Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will never get high and I never get stained when we sign up and roll them in the pool. The outsiders are in on a Tuesday, I just dropped uh, somebody else's set of headphones, and they just crashed to the floor. But I'm not going to worry about them because they are not mine. Welcome in on a Tuesday afternoon. Not my problem Tuesday. Not my problem Tuesday. That's what we're calling today. It's not my problem. Not my problem on Tuesday. <laughs> um, Travis Shaw is going to join us a little bit later on in the program. He is the Brewers' incoming, should be, everyday third baseman. going to join us on the program. I have a, I have a thought on his... Uh, on Brewers announcers on his home run call for Travis Shaw. You because have a thought for a, Bob Uecker? Yeah, he's well. Well, I don't think Uecker's going to care. Um, Shaw had a nickname in Boston that I don't think he liked. He was the mayor of Ding Dong City. He may or may not like. Yeah, it. I so uh, that's not following him in to uh, to Milwaukee. So so I've got something I want to share there. It probably falls into the category of what my daughters would describe as a dad joke. And speaking of dad jokes. Greg Gard went through a bunch of them Saturday at Madison Square Garden. And he shared them yesterday in his presser. And with all due respect to Greg Gard, which is usually followed by a a, a lack of respect, they were terrible. (laughs) Like, terrible to the point, like, not terrible enough to be funny, just terrible enough to be totally not funny. Or maybe not. You, You can share what you think on that. We'll get to that. In a little bit, I'm Mike Heller. John Audius joins me in studio. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? We'll play some of the jokes that Guard discussed during his press conference yesterday. Were though okay? So he actually said these during the course He's of the game. Saying that he said them during timeouts to try and get his players to oh. to get their so instead of hey relax instead of hey let's get this to Ethan happen. This is how we're going to do it. It's like hey guys, before we talk about what's going to happen, I know, okay, we got about twenty seconds left. Uh, what did the blah, blah, blah say to the blah blah blah? He just starts telling jokes. Yeah. Huh. Get to work! That's why you went to overtime! I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Uh, you, if you didn't hear him yesterday, we'll, we'll get those back to you. It was, um, it was something. It's actually pretty funny, and I hope, that's, uh, I hope that's like a thing. I hope that we can make this, or that he makes this like a tradition unlike any other. Like, class by class, we'll always talk about, yeah, and Gardo used to tell the jokes in the huddle. That's funny. That's a good, funny yeah. thing to have because they're funny jokes in a bad way. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think. Uh, I, yeah. Well, and they won the game. I don't know if it's because of the... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, John. 
This is the oh, way we're two at two. The top two trending sports stories this hour. Number two. What's going on over there? Let's have my volume on on my computer. Number two in our big two at two. Turned uh, it off now. What do you make of this St. Louis Cardinals hacking story that now we find out the Astros are going to get a bunch of money? The Cardinals are going to be docked some draft picks. Oh, did the Astros get the money? I thought the Astros got the money, The yeah. $2 million? So the Cardinals were fined $2 million and, and stripped of their first two draft choices. And the Astros get those picks, right? Well, that I wasn't aware of, John. Is that not? I don't know that that would be else? fair. Here, I'll go. I'll okay, go so if that's if that is part of the resolution <laughs> of the Cardinals, Cardinals had a front office. I could be wrong. I heard that on our airwaves. And oh, I don't boy. know if that's well, then, true or not. Yeah, can't trust that. Uh, if the the Cardinals had a front office guy that came from the Houston Astros, that was previously with Houston, and after he'd been in St. Louis for a while, he they call it hacked into the Astros. He just logged in on old username passwords that he had and when it was found out then then this has been a whole what what i like to call john i don't know if you do but i like to call it a hullabaloo and when they have the hullabaloo uh, around this now major league baseball said all right two million dollars and your first two draft choices for your hacking into the astro system all right mikey baseball i'm yeah. gonna fill you in and what's going on in, in your sport uh, so the Cardinals were fined the $2 million that they will have to give and hand over to the Astros within the next 30 days, also losing number 56 and number 75 in the twenty seven draft, 2017 draft, a second-round second. Second pick and a compensatory round B selection, something like that. Okay. And that goes to the Astros. The, both of them? Yes. They're huh. two highest draft picks in the draft to the Astros. <laughs> so baseball's like... Screw you guys, Astros, you get everything. Which, okay, so, no, you can't do that. So, I, I think this seems like an appropriate penalty, doesn't it? Is it? It's not over. Is it too much? Is it not enough? No, I think it sounds right about, uh, just about right. I think that that is an appropriate penalty uh, being sent down to the St. Louis Cardinals. I love that they have to, because... Would you ever see Roger Goodell saying, hey, Patriots, I'll use the Patriots as an example. Hey, Patriots. Uh, you spied on somebody's practice. Now you got to give that team your draft pick. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of neat that baseball says you're going to have to give your draft picks to the team that you screwed over. Yeah. Or you were trying to screw over. Yeah. Well, I don't listen. I, I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think it is too light. I don't I think it I think it is appropriate. I didn't. I wasn't aware until you said that that the money and the uh, the compensatory picks go to Houston. Good for Houston. I wonder. Houston probably says, "Hey, this worked out pretty well for us." Here's the flip side of this, and I saw someone on social media post this. So yes, Cardinals guy, he's banned. Whoever did the hacking and uh, you know all the penalties that go along with this. Don't the Astros ever like change their passwords? Well, I think that that. Come on! How often do you change your password? We are on a like a limit. The, the yeah, computer always tells me, "Hey, your password is it three months?" Yeah. Well, how long did this guy? Well, I don't know. Do I mean, it was for? probably it was well after three months. Yeah. So change your password. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. If you want to, if you want to go to that end of it, right? Maybe they didn't change them. Just daring somebody to go ahead, go ahead. Like when we want your two million dollars and two extra draft choices. A little behind the scenes, like if someone has ever let go here at work, right? Like passwords get changed immediately. Do you ever notice that? So I don't know. I blame the Astros for not changing their passwords. 
number one. So what, if you blame the Astros, then what kind of penalty would you put on them? And because I blame you, you don't get your $2 million. You'll get $20. You get half of that. Uh, okay, did LeBron James overreact? <sighs> Charles Barkley was reacting to LeBron's request to get more help, right? He's, he publicly went public and said, we need more help on this team if we want to win. So LeBron said that. Then Barkley came out and in part said this about LeBron. Inappropriate, uh, whiny, uh, all the above. The Cleveland Cavaliers... They have given him everything he wanted. They have the highest payroll in NBA history. They they bought. He wanted J.R. Smith last summer. They paid him. He wanted Shumpert last summer. They bought in. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Carver. They he's the best player in the world. Does he want all the good players? He don't want to compete. So he went on to say that, saying it was he's being whiny and asking for all that. Then LeBron, Mike, and I don't have audio, but I'll read you what he said. He went off on Charles Barkley. I'm not going to let him disrespect my legacy like that. I'm not the one who threw somebody through a window. I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debt in Las Vegas. I never said I'm not a role model. I never showed up to All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all week partying. All I've done for my entire career is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years, never got in trouble, respected the game, print that. Go watch the 93 finals when John Paxson hit the shot. Barkley and Jordan were laughing and joking with each other during one of the games while somebody's shooting a free throw in the finals. But oh, nobody, we were friends back then. I know he wanted to retire a long time ago, but he can't. He's stuck up on that stage every week. And if this makes him want to talk to me, the schedule's out there. He knows every road arena I'll be at. Don't just come up to me at All-Star Weekend and shake my hand and smile. So here's the deal. They're both right. They're both right. LeBron has never been in trouble. He has been at the forefront of the game. He has been there, the face of the game. He has been clear of controversy, other than people who judged on his taking my talents to South Beach. But he has been clear of controversy. He's never been in trouble. He's been great his whole career. He plays all the time. He doesn't take time off for injury. He doesn't. Uh, he hasn't not shown up. He has had moments of difficulty in final minutes of games, but he has kind of taken that and put it in the rearview mirror. He's right. LeBron is right. So is Charles. LeBron James has the best roster that money can buy. Cleveland has had the highest payroll. They're paying a huge luxury tax because they're overpaying their roster. They got a full contract for J.R. Smith, a max contract, and I believe it was because they needed to get him a max contract because LeBron said he needs a max contract. And they've got LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Kyle Korver, and Kevin Love. What do you want? You, you, so you need, a, you need an all-star point guard to go with? You have Kyrie. So when LeBron is out there publicly, and that would be my other issue, John, when LeBron went public, taking it to the media, that we need a, a better playmaker, he didn't go into his owner's office, shut the door, and say, we, we need an acquisition here. We need to make a move. He went, he took it public. In, in, what are you doing? In college, I had a class. Barkley's right. In college, I had a class. LeBron is right. Where I had to identify. John is right. Identify different fallacies. We all got in a room on computers, and they had like a scenario, and it said, "Did which fallacy did Bill violate, or whatever?" 
And I hated that class because I was really bad at it. I was like, I don't know. There's too many of them to remember. Anyway, the point is, I want people to tweet at Mike Heller Show, at John Audius Radio, or at Heller Sports, which fallacy LeBron James is violating here. Because here's the way I look at it. Barkley's talking about what it takes to win a championship and that he his opinion on LeBron's thought process about trying to get to a championship and what they need to get there. And then LeBron comes out and says something that has nothing to do with that. You know, they're talking about one thing, and then LeBron on this side of the argument says, yeah, but I never did this, this, and this. It's like, that has nothing to but do. it goes back to Barkley not having LeBron in his NBA's all-time top five. In fact, the highest that Barkley would have him is eighth. He went through it in the spring. Even, even if you're mad about that, which he, and he you, is. you possibly could be mad about that in combination with what he said, calling you whiny. That what what you're saying about Barkley has nothing to do with what you're actually talking about. So from LeBron's perspective, I just thought, whoa, 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 whoa! I thought we were talking about like help getting back to the finals and whether or not you should have gone public and what you think about what the Barkley said. No, instead he's like, yeah, but Barkley did this, this, and this, and that, and this. I mean, it, to me, it was just like out of left field, and he comes out swinging about something that you're not even expecting. So I didn't I didn't like it from that perspective. I think LeBron probably could have handled it a little differently and just came out and said, um, you know, just said something about Chuck. You know, if he was really that upset about everything, saying, whiny, I'm not whiny. And I, gone any other direction other than take it to, like, <laughs> spitting on kids or not saying that, that Barkley didn't do any of those things because many of those things he he did do except the spitting thing. I don't thought yeah, the spitting just, incident was just a little transferring uh, the blame on because yeah. this is what Barkley said. He, quote, uh, and this is back in in the spring. Quote, I have told you guys the five greatest players in my opinion: Michael, Oscar Robertson, Wilt, Bill Russell, and Kareem. Then it's Kobe and Tim Duncan. Then LeBron is right there. But that makes LeBron no better than eighth. Right. You've got to be kidding me. Right. Well, that but then that is hanging in the craw of LeBron James. So then, when LeBron James hears Barkley's audio calling him a whiner and a baby, then LeBron is going to transfer he makes some it, of the like he makes it personal dislike from what Charles has been saying before into the current and goes, "I'm just going to go off." And he did. Yeah, I didn't like it by LeBron. I thought he probably could have handled it in a different way. I thought he brought up a bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with what everyone was talking about. And you could tell, I mean, like you said, it's probably been boiling over for for a while because he just went off on on Charles Barkley. So we got more. During that whole conversation, Barkley and Shaq then got into it. Did you hear that aspect of the conversation? Yeah, I heard too? that. That was last week. And I, I yeah. they uh they're on opposite ends of the table, and there are I think three in between them. Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith. Maybe just two in between. How about this? When we come back, I'll play with uh, play to you what Shaq said to Charles as they kept talking about LeBron, and we can get to some of these uh, jokes that Greg Gard told his team uh, during timeouts in their game versus Rutgers. It's really funny. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, that's coming up. Uh, by the way, you know the phone numbers, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. It's coming up next on The Mike Heller Show.
Hey, Jeffrey on Twitter agrees with me, Mike. Um, what? what was, did we have a disagreement? I'm just saying. He says, I'm a LeBron guy. My jaw dropped a bit. He made it personal. Automatically lost that argument. Tweeted out Mike Keller. Yeah, show as well. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, But what you're saying is not necessarily whether or not he should or should not have come back with that, but what they both said were correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what LeBron says is, is true. Uh, I mean, those things do apply to Charles, and they don't apply to him. LeBron has lived a clean NBA life. He's never found trouble. He's never found the police blotter. He doesn't have that those uh, those those strikes against him in how he's lived his NBA life. And that response would have been great if Barkley had su- had said something like, "I don't know, man. LeBron's a troublemaker. I wouldn't want him on my yeah. team." And it's, then LeBron could come yeah, back fine. Wouldn't want me on my. Totally you want agree. me on your team, really? Well, blah 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 blah. I, I, I just agree. thought it was. I thought. I, thought, it, I thought, think LeBron um, got thin-skinned on Barkley's remarks. And I think what you said was correct too. It's it. He'd been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, I mean this. <laughs> he'd this been googling lives all with, the different things Barkley had done. Yep, make yep. sure he got it all right. And and keep in mind, Barkley's uh, Barkley has said that his his top ten all-time NBA players. That right now LeBron's not even in his top seven. But Barkley, though, when he was talking, this is why I thought it was when he mentioned the legacy thing, and then he went off on on everything negative that Barkley has done or did in his career. Like Barkley, even in that soundbite about talking about LeBron being whiny, says he's the greatest in the world. Like here, here's Barkley, he's the greatest player on the planet. On the planet, right? So he he went on Barkley more on LeBron. They're the defending champs, and for him to be trying to hold anything over Dan Gibbons head, and I love all these uh, young, these wild punk ass reporters on television who's afraid to call LeBron. LeBron's a great player and a great guy, but this notion that he's got to have all the best players on his team. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He want everybody. He don't want to compete. He want to be the favorite all the time. It just pisses me off that a guy that great don't want to compete. He's a great player and a great guy. And LeBron's like, Chuck threw a guy through the window, spit on a kid, and he's the worst. Yeah. Uh, like, if, you ju- if you just took the the argument, so where do you stand on LeBron going public wanting uh, that the Cavaliers need another playmaker and they need to make a deal? All those guys. What's your opinion? All those guys said it was inappropriate to go public. They went to Kevin Garnett and Rasheed Wallace in KG's little separate area. He has. They both said that they would handle that within the locker room. Yeah. Even Shaq, who goes off here on Charles in a second, I'll get to that sound. Even Shaq starts off with this soundbite saying, "Shouldn't go public." Yeah, it's inappropriate. You know, it's inappropriate because I think in a professional manner he could have went upstairs. You know, they have you know they have great history, they have some bad history, but you know the history was rekindled. He should have went upstairs. But you don't upstairs. think there's something wrong with even wanting no. more? No, let me like from no, where you are not. now. You don't it's think not. that no. this, there is something, something fundamentally. I'm something fundamentally like with wrong. saying that they're, they're already, he wants you played for a team that had Big Four. You forgot about that. You, you, Akeem, oh, Scotty. First of all, it doesn't was, matter. No, that wasn't, that wasn't not even close. That it wasn't, doesn't that, matter. No, it's not it, even close. It doesn't matter. We were all old men way it, past our prime. It doesn't matter. This guy matter. just won the championship. He got a young Kyrie Irving and a, and a terrific Kevin Love. And yeah, now, but it takes more than that to win the championship. They just won the championship. What do you mean it takes okay. more? <laughs> okay. They just won the championship. First of all, you know nothing about going back to back. I do and Kenny do. You listen, teams are coming out of his head. They need more. They need a big shot Bob. They need a guy like Kenny Smith. They need a playmaker like LeBron said. It's only inappropriate because he went to the media. He should have went to Dan Gibbard and said, Hey, I need help, boom, boom, boom. And they should have had a private conversation. You know, I find myself having a hard time. 
disagreeing with I understand I think Charles's issue, the Barkley's issue, is that LeBron went public with it. The rest of it I don't know that I agree with Charles. When when Shaq says there's nothing wrong with wanting another and going to your owner I, I, but I you do it that. privately. Yeah, yeah. Uh I, I agree with that. And then when LeBron comes back, and LeBron's just making it personal with Charles because LeBron's being a little thin-skinned on Charles calling him out on this, and also Charles not listing LeBron in his top seven, which is Charles being thin-skinned. Because what what the hell is Charles doing not having LeBron in by any measure? I don't care which experts you talk to. LeBron is one of the top three players that has ever played the game. How in the world do you list him eighth? That's just Charles being Charles. Right. Trying to make a headline. But, I mean, every one of those guys says said it was inappropriate the way that he went public yes. with it. And then LeBron got on Barkley because headlines w- were written about LeBron being, Barkley says LeBron's whiny, and so on and so forth. And then LeBron goes off on Charles. I think LeBron could probably, how do you think Aaron Rodgers would have handled that? Like Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have attacked Barkley and gotten personal. He oh, would have had wait, some wait, sly oh, comment. Wait, well, he would okay. have done it in a different way. Go back to what Aaron Rodgers said about Mike Florio. After, after we don't, what do you say? We don't read that crap. Yeah, or don't something. read that crap. Don't read, you know. But he didn't attack Florio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, uh, he kind of attacked Florio. But not in the way LeBron did. No, he didn't make well. I mean, I, guess I don't my point know if is anybody I, knows anything personal right. about Florio. No, I don't think anybody does. But uh, I just think Rodgers probably would have handled it in a different. Like he still would have gotten his shot, but I don't think it would have came across as personal if Rodgers had done it. You know hmm. what I mean? I think Rodgers is really good at taking shots at people through the media. Like remember when they didn't practice during the strike or whatever. He never oh, got yeah, he off-season does workouts. It. He does it in different ways, no doubt. He took a shot at everybody who said they needed to do that after they scored like 40-something against the Saints on opening night. Yeah. I might have made up all those numbers. I you don't probably know. did, I don't John. remember how exactly we went We didn't down. get to... Uh, we have, let's do it right now. What? We got time. We do it right, right now? We have yeah. time? It's only yeah. like 30 yeah, seconds sure. long. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. So Greg Gard, uh, Saturday when his team was struggling on the road, neutral site, Madison Square Garden against the Rutgers, the Scarlet Knight. Uh, I mean, you if you were watching, you know the Badgers were playing terrible. And by playing terrible, I mean shooting terrible. There's a difference. They shot it terribly. And Greg Gard was talking yesterday in his Monday press conference that he was trying to find ways to relax his players. And he did it by telling really bad jokes. Some of the better ones are, you know, why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he was feeling kind of crummy. Oof. Two satellites got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was great. Um, Hello. Think of my other one. Oh, what did the co- football coach say to the vending machine? 
I want my quarterback. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, I, I sold my vacuum the other day. He wasn't doing anything except collecting dust. Hmm. So, as you can tell, none of them worked. <laughs> <laughs> the ending is the best because nobody is reacting yeah, nobody. to it, like, as you can tell. Uh, uh, I think it's, it, it's in the delivery, right? I mean, what we should have done, John, is we should have played those back for Kostaki and had Kostaki break <laughs> down um, the joke. Get him telling. on the phone. You know him. Um, Call, text him. See if he has a couple minutes here coming up after the break. Because it does feel um, like really bad dad jokes. Like dad jokes when you're... I mean, those are your kind of dad jokes to Avi. To the kid. Yeah, you know? and I can't wait to start when you and the wife are, When yeah. you and the wife are sitting there and the kid's kind of grumpy and, and you know the wife says, uh, why don't you tell the kid some jokes? And I would love to memorize some of these jokes. And then the dad jokes come out. You should. You got to work on that. Listen, my my daughters are well versed in dad jokes, but I'm mine are funny. I mean, I'm pretty funny when it comes to uh, to going dad jokes. Usually, they're not prepared; they just happen. Hey, uh, why don't they play poker in the jungle? Whew! I don't know. Too many cheetahs. Come on, John. It's <laughs> <clears throat> oh, kind of stuff that Greg Gard needs to use in the huddle. What do you call a guy with a rubber toe? Roberto. That's oh. right, Roberto. <laughs> That's all right, we got all day. We'll be here all day. This is the Mike Heller Show. couple of notes on the LeBron conversation. Brian tweeted in at Heller Sports. Does anybody know that LeBron didn't go to the head office first? I think it became obvious that he didn't, and that doesn't matter. It's not about doing that first, and then if you didn't get your way, it's okay to go public. Uh, I think the idea is, and the criticism that LeBron took about taking it public, is that he took it public. That that is a private matter that you talk about with uh, your your head coach, which is Tyron Lue, or you go to Dan Gilbert's office, close the door, and say, listen, we need something here, but it doesn't go to the media at any point. Even if Dan Gilbert says, uh, well, we're, we're already the highest payroll in the NBA, I don't know that we're going to be able to make anything happen. Uh, so, Brian, I think either way, when it went public, it would be construed as being wrong. It's not the proper way to go about that process. Unless you're totally disgruntled and you want out, and he can't want out. I mean, that wouldn't work. The last thing LeBron can do uh, as he goes from this point going forward is to, you know, publicly display that he wants out of Cleveland. That just probably would never fly. I also got a tweet in from Josh who says, if I told you you didn't work hard at your job, you would take that personal. Who said that? I, I think what he's referring to is when Barkley says here at the end here, doesn't he want to compete? Yeah, but that's about, don't you want to, I mean, you could say the same thing about Kevin Durant going to Golden State. You don't want to compete? You're already on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. No, and I get, I get what he's saying, and, and I think Josh is trying to say. it's not about working hard. If that's, if that's questioning your, your work ethic, then, then he, he might take that personal. I think but it's here's, two but, different things. I don't think questioning somebody's desire to compete and questioning how hard they work is the same thing. Uh, what I, well, if, if he did take it personal that way, I mean... Barkley, you, you will always, if you're an NBA player, you will always, and you've won a championship, you will always have 
a one-up on Barkley, right? And Barkley's a guy who jokes around and takes as the butt of jokes and then makes fun of people too. So you'll always have the one-up. So LeBron could have really deflected that. He might have taken it personal and said, oh, okay, so you don't think I'm a competitor, huh? So you don't think I compete that hard. Okay, I guess I'm not working my ass out, ass off out here right now, right? So he can always have the one-up. He could have come back with, I've competed hard enough to win more championships than you'll ever have, you know? He could have, you know, I've competed hard enough to get to how many straight finals. But he took it that extra step, and that's what I didn't like. So that's, Josh, try to answer your question. He, I, I still don't think he, even if he had taken it personal with that comment about competing, he, he could have deflected it, I think, in a different way. That's why I didn't like what LeBron said today. I was like, whoa, what are you doing, buddy? We've also uh, gotten dad jokes in. Some well, yeah, I, I at, tweeted out, by the way. Go ahead. At Mike Keller Show, at Heller Sports, or at John Audius Radio. So I tweeted this out just asking for them. Send us your dad jokes in honor of uh, Coach Greg Gard. Maybe he'll use them the next time Badger basketball is struggling. And hashtag it, Gard Dad Jokes. Oh, okay. So we got one already from, uh, from Pat. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender asks, so why the long face? <laughs> got to be ready with that today, huh? I think so, yeah. Uh, Did you get any others? Were there others? Uh, yeah, hold on. i got to okay. click on All that. All right. Thing. No, no, you, just, just ask. Hey, uh, why did the stadium get hot after the game? Oh, I know the answer. You do? Yeah. That's an easy one? Because all the fans live. <laughs> so dumb. We also got a tweet in from, who was it? Brett. Uh, listening in from Whitefish, Montana. Is that it? MT? Is that Montana? Uh, yeah. Yes. While on vacation. Or Whitefish Mountain. Oh, love your show, but the jokes are terrible, guys. Well, they are terrible. Yeah, thank you. Um, John, what did the red light say to the green light? What did the red light say to the green light? Don't look. I'm changing. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> and it was, it was the delivery, too, Mike. He delivered that well. Don't look. I'm changing. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Well. So that's what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. That's, that's the deal. Uh, listen, I mean, when you have kids, uh, dad jokes become part of the part of the deal. I don't know, mom. Do mom jokes not fit into the same category? Do moms not go there? I don't think so. It's just dads that that do the dumb jokes. Thing? Apparently, dads find those jokes funny. Hmm. That's weird because, because I find those jokes funny. funny. <laughs> yeah, right? Aren't they? I mean, the, well, Gardo's delivery wasn't so great to the media. Now, can, maybe can I play it again? Maybe in the in in the moment. You know, in a loud arena, Saturday at Madison Square Garden, maybe somebody laughed. I don't know. I mean, maybe his delivery was different in the moment. He needs to be mic'd up. It would have been great to have him mic'd up for that. So he was asked about some of the jokes, apparently, he told in the huddle versus Rutgers. And here are some of the jokes he told to the media that he said he told to his team. Some of the better ones are, you know, why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he's feeling kind of crummy. Two satellites got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was great. Um, think of my other one. Oh, what did the co- football coach say to the vending machine? I want my quarterback. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, I, I sold my vacuum the other day. He wasn't doing anything except collecting dust. So... Whew. As you can tell, none of them worked. <laughs> that one that's did. The, that's the funniest part of it. Yeah. And as you can tell, none of them worked. Yeah, I think it's a delivery thing. 
I, the material's not bad. The, it's funny. the satellite reception is pretty good. <laughs> reception, the two satellites. Yeah. At a wedding. Uh, so we'll take yours. Hey, yep. th- I also saw this on Twitter. No, I don't. I can't confirm. I need context to this tweet. Okay, this is from a guy who covers the Colts for the Indy Star Sports. He's at the Super Bowl. It's media. It was media opening night, right? Like opening. Is that what they call it? I already forget. Yes, it was opening night. But they also have media sessions throughout the week here. Yes. And he tweeted, "This actually just happened." Reporter. Is this a must-win Sunday? Falcons I would player. need context to... Blank stare. Was it a silly question? Was it someone actually asking that, but saying it in the wrong... Like, I don't understand. I need more. Because if you ask that question, that's the worst question of all time. Yeah, unless it's intended to be the worst question exactly. of all time. I need some context. So J.B. Smoove was on Rich Eisen's show today, and he was one of their reporters last night, and he was asking uh, the, the, you know, the dumb questions. And he had a few that he didn't get to. Like one of them, he was going to ask any of the Patriots players, um, you have to be honest now, are you in a cult and being held against your will? Blink twice and we'll get to you to Buffalo. You know, so he, he went through a bunch of them that were actually – pretty funny uh but so i just wonder if that reporter that asked one of the players is this a must win was just trying to be funny it had can't be in nobody did that in context i will say this i think it's plausible that there's a like a young reporter there who's really nervous who's asking questions, who got, you know, sure. uh, they got the microphone handed to them. They're like, I'm not going to ask my other question. Then. My other question is stupid. Uh, so is this a must-win Sunday? The I, best, it's plausible. Uh, the best audio of the night, the best uh, interview question and ask uh, answer of the night was by a 12-year-old who asked Tom Brady who his hero was. And Brady got choked up talking about his dad. Did you see that one? Um... It's been I, I all, everybody's yeah. played it all day. On I can the try networks. to find that audio. But that was probably the best give and take of the night. Is a 12 year old saying to Tom Brady, um, who's your hero? And Tom Brady got, he got a little verklempt talking about his dad. He's only about a 12 second answer because he couldn't get any further. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of, and, and he wouldn't have gotten the same response if, if you would have asked the question, John, 36-year-old John, 35-year-old, 37-year-old, if 42-year-old Mike Heller would have asked the question, he also would have gotten no, well, here, not that uh, response. Well, I tried to find that Brady-o, uh, Brady response. Brady-o? The Brady-o. That's just what like he's his... got. It's going to happen when he's done playing. He's going to yeah. have his own Brady-o show. Um, Paul from Madison wants to talk about corny jokes. Oh, hey, Paul. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How, how are you? Everything all right? Doing great, guys. Just driving home from work. Good. Well, you get done with work early. Good for you. Right? Okay, so um, we were talking about the the presentation by guard of his jokes, and I think the nondescript humor about it is hilarious and, in fact, kind of works to his advantage. I I was pitching back in the day and walked like three batters in a row, and the coach came out, and I was, you know, kind of expecting maybe a fiery amp of speech, and with a dead straight face, no expression, almost Belichickian, um, gave me that same why the long face joke. And he just turned around and walked away. And it, it did exactly what it needed to. It just broke the tension. He didn't try to force laughter. He didn't even crack a smile. And 
I wouldn't be shocked if Guard presented those jokes the same way in the huddle as he did in that interview, just to kind of say, you know what, I'm not even forcing this. If you don't want to laugh, these jokes aren't meant to necessarily be for the sake of humor. I don't know. The presentation yeah. just it got to Could me be. being so bland. Stephen Wright, uh, very dry, very st- straightforward, no expression at all. Uh, here's Brady's response to that 12-year-old or 7-year-old, whatever that kid was. Who's my hero? That's a great question. Well, I think my dad is my hero because he's someone that I look up to every day. And uh, my dad. Yeah. So, and because the question was asked by a kid, that's why it got that response. Back in a moment, this is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd with the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. So Tim tweeted in to at Heller Sports. What did the envelope say to the stamp? Stick with me. We'll go places. See what we did there? Greg Gard had a bunch of bad dad jokes in the huddle to his college basketball team, the Wisconsin Badgers, number 10 ranked in the country on Saturday at Madison Square Garden in New York City. When they were struggling, Gard went old school. Bad dad jokes. So we're taking yours so we can help out Coach Gard. We'll send him to him. And the next time they're in a bit of an in-game dilemma, he'll have a, a deeper repertoire. Uh, to go to. He'll have a, a larger cache that he can dig into and find another bad dad joke to sum it up in the moment. So if you have him, go ahead and tweet him in to add Heller Sports at the Mike Heller Show because it'll work. We'll, we'll get there. By the way, in this hour of the program, we're going to visit with Travis Shaw of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he's uh, on track to be the Brewers' everyday third baseman. Came over from the Boston Red Sox. He'll join us in about 20 minutes from now. Howard Moore will get his thoughts on the bad dad jokes from Greg Gard. Badgers are in Illinois. They're going to take on the Fighting Illini tonight in Champaign. Tip time is 8 o'clock. So we'll get to all of that. I'm Mike Keller in studio. And I am wondering and guessing, hoping that we will hear from a guy by the name of Drew I think, I think we got him. Hey, Drew. Ooh, I think that I'm here. There he is. I think I'm here. Yeah. Uh, let me pinch myself. Yes, I'm here. There he is. And you would have to. I mean, if you're on this show, pinching yourself is a good idea. I mean, it's it is uh, it's a thrill. Uh, it's a thrill to be with you, Drew Olson. I'll tell you that right now. And it was a thrill yesterday at uh, in Middleton, Madison yeah. uh, Marriott West. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of, of a lot of people, a lot of baseball fans with us yesterday. Yeah, and you got to catch up a little bit with uh, Doug Melvin, who was uh, part of the proceedings last night. You know who wasn't there? Uh, who wasn't there? John Audius. Hey, fellas, what's up? Uh, LBB tweets in at Mike Keller Show, at Coach Greg Gard, at Badger Men's Basketball. You guys like pizza? Do you want to hear hear my pizza joke? Oh, you have a pizza joke? Never mind. It's too cheesy. 
<laughs> oh, wah, wah. oh, look at that. Yeah. That was well delivered and, and nicely played by you, John. Solid. Hey, it was LBB on Twitter. Did you uh, have have you heard the guard jokes, Drew? I have not. No, I, we, I was otherwise occupied this afternoon talking to Ted Davis about the Bucks. Can can we uh, can we pipe the guard jokes in so Drew gets to hear them? Or you want to do that in a bit? Uh yeah. Let's pipe them in. Do you ha- do you have a, a a button that you could push that would bring those magically through um through radio onto uh, into our eardrums? In fact, I do. Right. Some of the better ones are. You know, why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he's feeling kind of crummy. Ooh. Mm. Two satellites got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was great. <laughs> Ooh. Um, think of my other one. Oh, what did the co- football coach say to the vending machine? I want my quarterback. Mm. Mm. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, I, I sold my vacuum the other day. He wasn't doing anything except collecting dust. So, as you can tell, none of them worked. That's wow. Kostaki's going to be jealous. He is, uh, and you know, guard uh, said he delivered those to his players during timeout Saturday at Madison Square Garden when they were really struggling. So, you know, from from a struggling team on the court to a, a struggling coach trying to be a comedian, um, and but somehow I don't know how do we know that that's not what didn't work uh, to get them to come from behind and and uh, shake off the cold shooting that uh, haunted them for about 37 minutes. That's probably the reason they won. That, yeah, that could be. So I have, uh, I have uh, put out the word on Twitter to go ahead and send us your bad dad jokes, and uh, we'll get them on to Coach Greg Gard. So if he needs a bigger repertoire down the road, if he needs uh, something to go back to, we can give him some more, maybe some better. This is the Big Three at Three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. Paul on Twitter tweets at John Audius Radio. What do Tony the Tiger and Winnie the Pooh have in common? Hmm. The same middle name. Wah, wah. I <laughs> don't know that that's... Is that funny? The? Yeah. I No, oh, I got I, it. Thanks for explaining. Oh, I thought you were like, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, what's red and smells like blue paint? <laughs> red paint? Yay! Yay! Is that funny? <laughs> Are any of these funny? Yeah, I think uh, I think the satellite one is funny. Uh, anyway, this is, wasn't my question. Um, you guys see the story? Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is engaged. Maybe. I don't know. Olivia Munn was spotted with the ring on her finger. People has it. People Magazine. I tweeted it out. I have it on my blog at the Big Nine Twenty, the Big Ten Seventy dot com. I hate these stories. What do you guys think? Uh, I I kind of agree. I I don't really care for them. But here's the deal. Uh, he is a superstar, so he's in a fishbowl. She is a movie superstar, so she is in a fishbowl. And there is paparazzi. And if you've got a ring on the third finger of your left hand that wasn't there before. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's going to make the, the cover of a magazine, or certainly it's going to be featured in the magazine. So it is what that part of it is. That ring that uh, we saw um, didn't look as impressive as I would have thought. I, would have, I was thinking more Hope Diamond, you know. I was like, it's like okay, yeah, that's a ring. Is that really like the ring that he would get her? Hmm, I don't know. Can we just stop now if anybody, or maybe you guys feel differently. I don't know. Like, if they are truly engaged and he has a slow start to the season, can we just... Well, here's that's the thing, right? I mean, he had a slower start last year, and, and I don't think we were doing it. I, here's, here's what I can say. We didn't do it, and I don't think most media members did it. I think where it comes up is some fan will tweet in to one of our shows or somebody else's show, or somebody will be a caller to a post-game show, and they'll say, you know, Aaron Rodgers is struggling, no coincidence, it's been since he met Olivia Munn. You know, that's the, the junk that you're going to get. But that's where, that's where it is. It's in the fan base. It, it is not through, uh, you know, reputable sites, uh, news gathering, shows, conversations. It would be from a caller. Or somebody on Twitter. And, yeah. I mean, that's just, you, you have to learn to live with that. But I don't think anybody realistically is in that vein where they're they're talking about it. Here's the one time it did kind of come up, was the Jordan Rogers comments on The Bachelor. Now, that's where social media and, and the social, that world came into the locker room because the question was asked. Nobody ever brings up that Tiger Woods played his best golf when he was going through uh, Perkins waitresses three at a time. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two in our big three at three. What do you guys make of the St. Louis Cardinals hacking story? They have gotten punished by Major League Baseball, $2 million fine. They forfeit their top two draft picks, and they actually give those to the Astros along with the $2 million. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's an appropriate punishment. Uh, I, I don't think it's too heavy-handed, and I don't think that they got a slap on the wrist. It seems to be appropriate. Drew, you've spent a lot more time in that world than most of us. I think it could have been a lot stronger. I think they kind of got off light. Um, those t- those top picks, uh, number 56 and number 75, going to the Astros. Those were the Cardinals' top two picks, along with the $2 million. $2 million isn't much for a major league team. I mean, it's that's more than like the Patriots got fined, though, right? Yeah, I mean, two million dollars. Uh, the average salary is five, I think. Uh, minimum salary is now five hundred thousand, I think. So, and again, this was former Cardinals scouting director Chris Correa. He was uh, he's he's actually in prison for hacking in. <laughs> so oh, he's he's behind bars on this. He day. got his yes. But baseball, there was no legal or even nothing had ever happened of of this ilk. There's no corporate espionage clause in any of the, you know, the codicils of the MLB uh, agreement or anything. There's, there, there isn't anything like that. Just that he tapped into using passwords that he kind of knew, and he, it was, you know, was one man acting against the team that he used to be with. Last hour, I put part of the blame on the Astros for not changing their flipping passwords. 
I mean, we have to change our passwords all the time at work. What do they just like keep it there for like years? <laughs> like, hey, just promise not to log in. I'm being half tongue in cheek here, but why did they change their passwords? Well, I think, well, John, I think that's a let that be fair a lesson. question. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Uh, did LeBron James overreact to comments Charles Barkley made about him? Here's what Barkley said in part about LeBron. He was asked about to fill in the blank about LeBron going public, trying to uh, get management to get more players in Cleveland. Inappropriate, uh, whiny, uh, all the above. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they have given him everything he wanted. They have the highest payroll in NBA history. They, they bought... He wanted J.R. Smith last summer. They paid him. He wanted Shumpert last summer. They bought in Ky- uh, excuse me, Kyle Carver. They, he's the best player in the world. Does he want all the good players? He don't want to compete. Then LeBron came back, and he came back firing guys. Uh, here's what he said. I'm not going to let him disrespect my legacy like that. I'm not the one who threw somebody through a window. I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debt in Vegas. I never said I'm not a role model. I never showed up to All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all weekend partying. All I've done for my entire career is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years. Never got in trouble. Respected the game. Print that. Then he goes and talks a little bit more about, uh, I know he wanted to retire a long time ago, but he can't. He's stuck up on that stage every week. Um, you know, so so what I said earlier when we chatted about this, uh, for those who just joined in, is I think that they're both right. I think that LeBron was wrong at any point to take his desire for the Cavaliers to add another playmaker public. That never belonged for LeBron James to say to a member of the media. That's, uh, that's a Dan Gilbert conversation, and even if Dan Gilbert says, hey, LeBron, we're not going to be able to make something happen, that's where that conversation begins and ends. Uh, so in that regard, I think Charles is right. Uh, but I think Charles barked up the wrong tree. He should have said, listen, what this had no business doing is being public. Uh, the rest of it is just kind of taking a shot at LeBron that wasn't necessary. You could have you could have taken the, the easy road here and gone after LeBron and saying, this never goes public. What's this guy doing? Has he not learned a little bit about PR work where the NBA and players are concerned? He can't take this public because nobody's going to feel his pain. Zero. But he took it personal, and then LeBron took it more personal because he goes back to Charles not having LeBron in his top seven all-time NBA players, which is also ridiculous. But I think uh, LeBron was thin-skinned on this, and Charles just uh, took it a direction probably didn't need to go. Charles is playing the hits, man. That's what he He's yeah. on a show where they you know throw stuff like that and – I think it looks small for LeBron to respond, but I understand him getting to where, hey, enough's enough with this guy. And, you know, he's got no rings and threw somebody through a plate glass window and spit on a fan. And, you know, come on, you know, check yourself. So I understand it, but it didn't make LeBron look good. It didn't make him. We almost hold LeBron to an impossible standard. And he really hasn't had much off the court stuff. Okay, the decision was a little bit ham handed, perhaps, but. Yeah, it ended up being okay, and I, I, his career speaks for itself. So I don't think he needed to dive down in the mud with uh, Charles Barkley on this one. Uh, I just thought LeBron took it. I, I don't know why he made it personal like that. It's almost like we're all talking about something over here, and then LeBron's like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't do this, this, and this. Like, whoa, what are you talking about? We're not talking about off-the-court stuff. That response by LeBron makes sense if Charles Barkley, of all people, said something like, 
I wouldn't want LeBron on my team. He's too much of a troublemaker. And LeBron would be like, wait, you know, I'm a troublemaker? I'm not the guy who spit on somebody. I'm not the guy who threw somebody through the window. I'm not the yeah, guy. Then I'm like, okay, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> watch out, Charles, because he just came after you. Um, did you see, guys, uh, that Dwayne Wade also had a, a quote on this whole fiasco? You want to hear what he said? I do. He said this. This is from Casey Johnson at KCJ Hoop. Um, he says, Thank God he finally says something. LeBron, a lot of guys take a lot of shots at him for whatever reason. He just kept his mouth closed and continued to focus on what he needs to. But it's about time he said something, man. Guys ride him, especially ex-players. When you have a history, when you can go Google your history, you better be a little careful with what you say. Sometimes when guys get a microphone in front of their face, they just talk and talk and talk and forget about their history. We all make that mistake, but especially that guy on TV. He acted like he just walks on water. And I like the fact that LeBron called him out and told him, Okay, about so himself th- a little this, bit. Can I keep going? Humble no. yourself. Oh, no? Okay. Well, I mean, it, it, this, it gets ridiculous. Because what it is, and this is, this is where I agree with Drew on, on this part of the conversation, is the guy who looks small here is LeBron. And in this case, then Dwayne Wade. They get it. They understand what Barkley, what Kenny Smith, what Shaq. That's a TV show. It is entertainment and it's information and it's opinion. And they're paid to have those opinions. And they're paid more handsomely to have stronger opinions. For somebody like LeBron in his current position to take it that personally and to turn it back around at that level and say, well, now I'm going to talk bad about you is silly. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And Dwayne Wade coming to the defense of his good friend, I get it, defending your friend. But you also have to take into context where the original comments came from. Yes, and Charles Barkley was just asked on a, another radio program about the need. Would you ever sit down with LeBron? He said, "Why do I got to clear the air? It's not going to change my opinion." <laughs> that's Charles. Yeah, it's it, it's okay. That that's that's all right. Listen, I didn't have a problem. I think Charles is dead wrong on his top ten of all time players. That that LeBron comes in at number eight. That's a little. That seems petty to me, and it seems like maybe you've got an axe to grind. That's why he would be in at eight. That seems just silly to me, but the rest of it, uh, I don't have a problem with. I think I think he's right. I think he would have been righter, more right, if he would have said that the issue here is that LeBron took this public. But if we if we get beyond that issue, having LeBron needing more players on a team that just won a title, just seems off. In typical Charles fashion, he also pointed out that LeBron forgot a few insults, like he didn't call him fat or remind anybody <laughs> that he finished last on Jeopardy too. So uh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, we're going to visit with Travis Shaw, the one of the newer Milwaukee Brewers, and a guy you're going to get to know very well. He should be their everyday third baseman. Uh, he was at the Madison Brewers Winter Banquet last night. Had a chance to visit with him there. He's going to join us from his home in Fort Myers, Florida. He will join us on the program next as we talk to Travis Shaw next on the Mike Heller Show. So last night we had a, the opportunity to be part of the Midwinter Madison Brewers Banquet that happened at the Madison Marriott West. Doug Melvin was there. So was Travis Shaw. He is uh, he's a third baseman, but he's a first baseman. But I think he's going to be the third baseman on a daily basis for the Milwaukee Brewers. Travis Shaw now joins us on the program. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Good. Now uh, let's clear this up. You're back where it's warmer, right? So you you. <laughs> Right, I mean, you're in Fort Myers, aren't you? Or some some place? Yeah, some, yeah. I'm, I'm back in Florida, and it's it's 75 and sunny right yeah, now. Yeah, there so you go, perfect. I can't explain. <laughs> well, good for you. Um, so, uh, let me ask you about what you remember from your first hit. Uh, how much do you get? Obviously, you get the ball because you got your first hit when you were called up. Uh, I think it was a single to center field. Do you do you remember the particulars of uh, of your first major league at bat? Uh yeah, I do. I mean it. The hit kind of took too long. I made my debut in May for one game. I got called up again uh, early June for one game. And so it had been a, a couple of months, but I'd only had, I think, 10 or 11 at-bats before I got my first hit. But it was on. It was actually on my dad's birthday, so it's going to be hard to It's gonna be hard to forget it. It was on July 7th against the Marlins, and it came off of Dan Heron. Oh, that's not too shabby. Of, of, uh... Yep. <laughs> so, I mean... How much of your dad's career do you remember watching? Uh, I remember pretty much all of it when he got out to Los Angeles. Uh, I remember bits and pieces of Cincinnati, but uh, once he got out to Los Angeles, I feel like I was old enough to remember because that's what sticks with me all the time. Uh, His last two seasons, I mean, I was at the ballpark pretty much every single day, and that's something something I'll never forget, and I'm extremely grateful that he, he brought me every day. You know, we had a chance to visit last night um, and talking about being, you know, finding your way to get acclimated with a new club. You got to do that uh, in being called up for Boston. Let me let me do a little bit looking back before we look forward. In your first full season last year in the bigs, how many times did you find yourself maybe just privately, quietly, just in your own head going, wow, that guy is really good? Or when you saw somebody do something, whether it was Big Poppy or somebody that you're playing against, where you go, wow, this is it's pretty impressive. Were there moments like that for you? Yeah, I can remember two in the second half of the season, just watching Mookie Betts and the MVP. I think he's the MVP runner-up last year. And what he did last year at age 23 was just astonishing to me. I mean, he had two, three home run games, and it's just watching him day in and day out go through his stretch that he went on all season long. I mean, he, he started off a little slow, but... I mean, his his slow definition is different than other people's slow definition, but uh, watching him play last year every single day in right field and at the plate was something uh, something that's pretty special to watch. One of the things I've always heard from players, Travis, is that playing in Boston is like playing in the playoffs every day. You know, stadium sold out, and the, the team has followed probably more closely, other than maybe the Yankees, than any other franchise Arguably in, in in baseball, definitely, but arguably in sports. So, you know, what is that like to come into as a young player to to learn to deal with that kind of that that fishbowl existence of being a Red Sox player? Yeah, the the media up in Boston is a different animal, and they're extremely intense. Uh, they demand excellence. There's no there's no rebuilding. It's a win now every single year. And they, the Red Sox do a pretty good job in the minor leagues of preparing guys for that. And they you go through a couple of programs when you're when you start hitting double AA, A, triple A level that they try to they try to prep you for what that's like. Granted, it's always different when you get up there, but um, they do a pretty good job of that. And the group that I came up with that I got called up uh, my draft class in 2011, we all pretty much ran through the system uh, at each level pretty much the exact same time. So uh, when I got called up. Half the guys from my class were up there, and then probably a couple weeks later, some more guys came up. So we had we had six, seven guys that I had played with my whole career that 
they got up there about the same time that I did, which which makes it a lot easier. A couple of interesting notes on, on that front. You've spent your entire career as, uh, from the time you were drafted through the system as a Boston Red Sox, uh, and you were also predominantly a first baseman. How about those adjustments to a new club and also uh, being a guy that will probably play a bit of both, both third and first base? Yeah, the transition to the National League is going to be different. Uh, National League baseball is a lot different than American League baseball. American League East, it's who's hitting last and who can hit the most home runs. And I know National League is a little bit uh, different of a game, but that's going to be a change. But for me, last year, playing third every single day for most of the season, uh, that, that allowed my comfort level at third base to go really high again because that was the first time I had played third since college on a daily basis. And I'm looking forward to a new opportunity this year. And whether that's at third or first or wherever they want to put me, uh, I'm willing to do anything they ask. Does that impact your your offense when you're working on, you know, because obviously you want to feel that position and you hadn't done it a ton, so you had to work on it harder. Did that impact, did you feel it impacted your offense? No, not really. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it impacted my offense. I do have to work a lot harder at third base than I do at first base. First base comes pretty easy to me it's so natural um last year there was a ton of extra work that i had to put in a third base in spring training and pretty much all through the season every single day and that's something i'm going to have to carry over into this year I'm, I'm still i'm still trying to get to the comfort level that i that i'm at at first base at third base but if it's getting there i don't want to say it affects my offense but i do have to work a lot harder at defense at third base as long as we're talking about adjustments travis let's talk about you know, adjusting to spring training in Arizona. I think you're going to like it, but then again, there's the home advantage and all that stuff. But what have you heard from guys about what it's like and the difference, you know, shorter bus rides and fewer night games and things like that? I've heard nothing but good things about Arizona. Uh, I've been out to Arizona. I played in Arizona Fall League, and I love Arizona. It's it's a place that I enjoy visiting, and I don't think – I'm going to miss Florida spring training at all. Granted, the proximity to home is a little different, but uh, Arizona spring training is one of the major things I'm looking forward to. You know, we had a chance. Uh, I wonder how that uh, acclimation works. You had the, the weekend on deck event in Milwaukee, and I would assume that that's the first time you've really spent with any of your new teammates, right? Yep, that's the first time I've met any of them. I knew Taylor Youngman. He was on my fall league team, but other than that, I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. None of the coaches, nothing. So it was like a new kid walking into a new school. And for me, it's different. But uh, this weekend was a good, a good starting point for me. And now, when spring training rolls around, it won't be totally new. What went into your selection of uh, number twenty-one? It was a number I wore in the minor leagues my whole career, uh, from the time I got drafted uh, until until AAA, as long as it was available. And I obviously I played well enough to make it to the major leagues. And when I got to the big leagues, the Red Sox don't give out 21, so uh, I had to wait a couple of years, but I got it back now. So when uh, when the trade happened in December, December 6th, uh, how did you find out, and did you have an idea that there may be some action? I had an idea that there was going to be some action. I didn't expect it to come so suddenly and so early in the offseason. Um Dave Dombrowski, he was the first person that called me. I had a message on my phone when I woke up that morning to give him a call back. So called him back, found out, and then David Stearns called me about 10, 15 minutes later. And then it took about 48 hours to kind of set in, even though you're expecting it. Not really, I don't want to say expecting it, but you have a good idea that it might happen. Um, 
when it does happen, it's still kind of kind of a shock for a little bit, just because, like you guys said earlier, I spent my whole career with the Red Sox, so it was the first time I I had a, uh, I had change in that in that regard. We how are clo- oh, I was going to say, how closely will you follow Red Sox games this year? Do you think, like <laughs> box scores and everything, and particularly Mr. Tyler Thornburg, because you're always going to be linked with him now because he's the guy that you were traded for. I mean, I'll probably pay attention to him. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be on plenty of Sunday night baseball games, so I'll get to watch them on TV a little bit when I'm at home, and uh, I'll check up on the box scores, see how my guys are doing, how my friends are doing. But uh, yeah, I will. Hopefully, I mean, I hope Tyler plays well over there. I mean, it's a great place to play in the summer and obviously the guy you get traded for you you want to do better than he does you want to you want to i want the brewers to win the trade versus the red sox to win the trade yeah hey so do we travis <laughs> so, yeah. so do we um and, and then the other uh the other good thing about this deal is you get to leave a nickname behind in boston uh, i mean you're not gonna i mean milwaukee's not gonna be ding dong city so you're not gonna be the mayor of ding dong city <laughs> Uh, so we we get to come up, and somebody's going to come up with uh, with a new moniker. Do you actually have a nickname that that people go by other than that one? I do not. Uh, nickname's right. never been really my thing. It's whatever people want to go with. I mean, the thing in Boston took off, and Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Who am I to stop what everybody wants? So if somebody comes up with something, I'll roll with it. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to spitball this one for a while. Maybe when we get back with you, we'll see you at spring training in the first week of March or second week of March when we're out there. We'll have to see if anything has evolved uh, naturally. I mean, right. Travis, one of the things I, I'm impressed, I'm amazed by what guys do in the major leagues on a pretty much a daily basis and have been for years. But I think um, maybe the toughest job in ball is the guy who parks cars at Fenway Park. Uh, in the players' lot, because that is, for, if you've never been to Fenway, it's on the smallest footprint possible. And the guy who parks the car, the, the way the cars are wedged into that lot, I'm wondering if you ever had a chance to marvel and if you ever had any scratches or anything, because it's just ridiculous how many cars they can wedge into a tiny space. It's impressive. They have two or three guys that are allowed to move cars. I think there's four or five guys that work down there, but only two or three of them move cars. But the just... I mean, it takes some skill to figure out how they're all going to fit in there, especially when we go on the road, because they find a way to get them all under that under that thing or under that overhang. But it's it's impressive. The club's liable for any scratches, though. So <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't hear any, but if, if some were happening, I didn't have to pay for it. So, uh, so when that happens, uh, I'm not familiar with this. So you have to valet. You you don't you can't go get your own car. No, no, no. They have to. They pretty much pull it out. They they suggest that they pull it out in case something happens. Because I mean, there's. Uh, they are tight. It is shoehorned, Mike. It's ridiculous. So yeah. I walk through that I player, mean, and these the are nice cars. cars. cars are, 
Yeah, some cars are literally inches from other cars, and sometimes they have to move four or five cars just to get yours out. Well, you're not going to have that issue in Milwaukee, uh, I can tell you oh, that. Oh, big so. player's lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Good, good. Well, Travis, it's a pleasure to visit with you. It was good to meet you last night. Thanks for, uh, for doing this and jumping on the show here today, and, uh, and we'll see you out in Arizona the first week of March. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Travis. That's Travis Shaw. He is uh, going to be the Brewers' everyday third baseman. At least that's the way it would stack up. And here's the thing. I don't know if Brian Anderson will go here. It would help if an announcer had just a touch of a southern accent because on a Brian Shaw home run, you could look back at it and say, as soon as it left the bat, that ball was gone for Shaw. <laughs> right? I mean, that, wouldn't that work? For Shaw. For Shaw. You know, like, yeah. for sure. Oh, I you know, get it, Mike. Sure. I'm just explaining yeah. it to you, I understand John. it. Just, yeah. No, I get it. Uh, it's good. I like that one. That it's not bad. That was gone for Shaw. For Shaw. We, we didn't dive into it with Travis. We'll have time as, we, as the year moves on and we get to know him a little bit. But he is a big... Uh, Browns, Cavaliers, and Ohio State fans. So. Yeah, yeah. I told, I said when because I interviewed him last night at the banquet uh, as part of the banquet, and I said there are two things that we don't talk about with Travis. One is a college affinity, grew up south of Columbus, and two is bunting. He's only bunted one time in his career. It was in Boston, and he bunted into a double play. <laughs> and then the media asked him after the game, "What happened on the bunt?" He's like, "I don't know. I bunted." <laughs> I don't they, bunt. They threw it to second and threw it to first, and it's a double play. What else do you want to know? <laughs> and that's why some guys don't that's, bunt. That's right. So we didn't talk about bunting or Ohio State last night, but uh, he's got an affinity without question. Uh, we continue. Howard Moore, Badger basketball assistant coach, will join us next. They're in Champaign taking on the Fighting Illini tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll ask him about the great guard jokes. Yeah, and maybe he's got, uh, maybe he, maybe he's got a different understanding of the delivery and how it went over. We visit with Howard Moore next on The Mike Heller Show. Back with you, working our way through a Tuesday afternoon. Little Badger basketball late tonight. We'll tip off after 8 o'clock in Champaign, Illinois. Of all the places, John knows this. Drew, I don't think you've been to all the Big Ten cities, have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, uh, of all the Big Ten cities, I think John and I agree on this one. Um, and I don't mean any disrespect, but of course I do. I think Champaign is the my least favorite of all the cities we go to. Yeah, I've been to all of them now. I've been to Piscataway and and to uh, to to Maryland and and then all the traditional ones to all football and and all basketball. And my least favorite has almost always been Champagne. So nothing can save it. Like usually, uh, the city's bad, but the facility's great or the pregame meal is good. No. Or there's no redeeming quality. I think the city is not my favorite, and I think the arena is not my favorite. Now. Uh, I don't want to prejudice Howard Moore on what he's going to say, and Howard's time of the program is brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. I was just saying, Howard, who joins yeah. us on the on the program, that of all the Big Ten cities and arenas to go to, I think the worst combination Uh-oh. is Champagne. Now, I, I don't mean you to do that, but that's well, just this is my home state now. So you guys, I know, you know but I, you're not yeah. from Champagne. I'm not from Champagne, thank God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. There we go. That's all we need. <laughs> hey, that's a that's a Chicago downstate, you know, rivalry deal. So you know, this is Central Illinois, and so there's always a little bit of a 
competition thing with the Chicagoans and the guys down this way. Yeah, so, yeah I, I know. Go. I know that going through it initially, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't love going going to Bloomington, um, okay. but we always go right. I mean, you always go in January and February. And it's always gray and yeah, kind of it's, junky. it's actually a good town. Yeah, with it is. Yeah. I, I got to be honest, it really is. There's yeah. really good people down here. Well, and and uh, and that's that's what you have to say because you you as a coach are always a little bit of a politician too. That's how it works. So that's true. Putting, maybe that top recruit one. That's out right. No kidding. Day. We don't want to. We don't want to put down the whole city. So no kidding. There are so good people here. Being a good politician, what was your make <laughs> of Greg Gard's uh, dad jokes during the game Saturday in Madison Square Garden? Well, I, you know what? I, there, there's not much I could laugh about in that game, especially in that first uh, 36 minutes. Um, you know, I was more upset and angry that you know we we couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a banjo. So, uh, my, can I say that? Can yeah, I, I think that? so. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. All right, I won't get fined or anything. No, you're all right. You know, I'll but the biggest it. thing was, guys. We yeah, we we just we just couldn't find the basket, and thank God Ethan Happ had some. Life and um, and and was able to make some big plays for us and you know but I, you know you can't put it all on Ethan you know it's like hey he saved us it's it's also our defense saved us you know our our, our defense if it doesn't show up we lose by twenty I mean, it was good all day yeah you know it really was and it kept us in the game when we needed you know to keep us close and even when we got down by nine you know we still knew that we could get some key stops and you know hey you're not going to stop us for a whole forty minutes and. Obviously, the last four is what we needed to get it to a little extra, uh, you know, extra time. And uh, and then the last five minutes, we we showed up and played a little bit better Wisconsin basketball than the uh, the first thirty six. So it was Ethan's play, the defense, and Greg Gard's jokes that did it. So during your time well, as a, as a head coach, Howard, did you uh, as as a joke, an effective antidote, and the opposite of a you know a, a, a profanity laced tirade in the bench? Both have their place, right? Yeah, they do, but I tell you what, uh, everything I had to deal with at UIC, uh, I probably had more, uh, you know, profanity laced uh, tirades <laughs> than any jokes. I tell you that. But uh, you know, you got to have some levity sometimes. And sometimes the kids, they care. They they want to do well. They want to please. Obviously, they want to win. And sometimes, as a coach, you got to balance it out. You know, you can't just jump their tails every time. You can't just be an ogre, you know, over everything. And, and, and Coach Guard has a great. Um, you know, sense of uh, balance when it comes to that stuff. I mean, he believe me, when he gets hot and, and bothered, he, he lets those guys know. Uh, but he's got a good, um, you know, demeanor and obviously uh, a good balance with those guys when it comes to jumping jumping tail and also patting them on the back as well. But, Howard, it's different too, right? I mean, you, you have to recognize what, what, if you want to really get after him, you want to get a, after him for not getting good shots, for taking bad shots at the wrong time, right. maybe too early in right. a shot clock and not running through the offense. But that was all all about missing shots. And yeah, you yeah. You can't coach yeah, through right. that, yeah? No, no, no. I'll tell you what, and we, as a staff, we talked about it, especially after watching the film, because after you sit down and you get all the emotions out of it and you can watch it and analyze, you see there wasn't very many bad shots in those stretches. We got some good looks, you know, and, um, you know, you got to give uh, Rutgers credit and, you know, and, and the, the coaching staff there had a good game plan to shorten the clock with us and, mix up the defenses from man to zone and try to get us out of a rhythm. And, you know, those things were obviously effective. I mean, we've seen those things before, but when you're, you know, working with a shorter shot clock and now you're trying to figure out a zone and trying to find the soft spots, um, you know, sometimes you can get out of a rhythm that way. And, um, and obviously it was effective that day, you know, and you can use all the excuses you want, early game, 
travel to New York. Uh, we didn't have a shoot around Madison Square Garden. Well, guess what? All of that stuff is just that excuses. And so our guys, you know, they just found a way, and that's what good teams do. They find a way to win, and thank God we were able to get that done. Howard, your answer to this question may depress the rest of the league, but can Ethan Happ play better than he's playing right now? And how, short of becoming a three-point threat all of a sudden, how does he, how can he improve? What, 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 can he, what steps can he still make? Well, um, obviously defensively, continue to grow. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, you know, guy of, of always, you know, playing solid and not, you know, gambling a lot. And, you know, we, you guys know, I mean, we're, there's times when Ethan gambles and sometimes it pays and sometimes it looks like a great play. When it's not a great play, sometimes it either costs us a foul on a teammate or a basket or, you know, something like that. And, um, you know, we just want him to be solid as much as he can. But obviously he's got a good feel and a good knack for stealing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The ball and getting around uh, offensive players and getting it out of the post and things of that nature. But, you know, we like it to be a lot more solid and, and take less chances. And then, obviously, if we can get them to be a 70% free throw shooter, I mean, hey, you probably yeah. average 30 points a game. You know, and uh, so he's working on that daily, trust me. And he's in the gym all the time trying to work on it. We're working on the things he needs to do mechanics-wise. But it's mostly neck up. You know, he's got to, you know, when the moment comes, hey, you know, you've seen him swish a lot of them, especially the first four. And, and on Saturday against Rutgers, um, the first four looked like money shots. I mean, he was, you know, it looked great. Uh, then as the game wore on, and obviously as fatigue becomes a factor, uh, the mechanics started to go away a little bit, and that's what I told him. You gotta, you gotta stay true to your form and stay true to your repetition and and the routine that you developed, and then uh, trust that routine. And uh, that's 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 the next stage for him. Final uh, quick thought here before we let you get going. And uh, Wisconsin takes on the Fighting Illini tonight at eight o'clock in Champaign, <clears throat> Illinois. It's a beautiful city, lovely place to to visit. Uh, <laughs> is uh, it, where would uh, Coach Guard? fit on the scale of coach humor on your staff all right i assume you're the funniest and then lamont uh, well. lamont might be next uh but is gardo is he last as far as uh funny coaches on the staff uh he's got his own dry humor uh, <laughs> you're but being nice. I, you know if you're, if you're gonna say me if you're gonna say i'm first uh I, you would be correct um <laughs> lamont's got some dry humor and you know he's got his uh, little you know his little remarks uh, you know, Joe is, you know, Joe is Joe, you know, he's got that, uh, kind of nonchalant, you know, 
uh, kind of Opie Taylor type of uh, humor. <laughs> and uh, Eddie Garno is just that, you know, he just little things he does. And sometimes it's, he's not trying to be funny. Yeah, right, it's funny. right, right. So, you know, I mean, it's, obviously it's a, it's a good mix. Uh, it, it's one of the best groups, if not the best group I've ever been around on the staff. And, um, you know, we work well together. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun to go to work every day. Winning helps, believe yeah. me. Winning, yeah. winning makes it easier. Uh, but even, you know, when we have shortcomings or things aren't going our way, it's still a group that understands who we are, what we want to get accomplished, and there's no ego or anything there. It's just about the group and the collective, and that's that's the best staff to be around. And uh, You know, I could even take some of Coach's dad jokes, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in that type of environment. Help him out. So I Help can, him out. I can weather the storm. Yeah, no problem there. Very good. Hey, Howard, go get him tonight. Always uh, hey. fun to visit with you. Thanks for your time. Save here, guys. Take care. Howard Moore, Badger basketball assistant coach, brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. He didn't finish with Alma Wisconsin. He always does. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, we might have to call him back. Should we call him back to town and say on Wisconsin? If they, lose, if they lose, people are going to blame us. Oh, man. Now what? <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to get to uh, Jeff Patrikas. He will join us at about quarter past four o'clock. And he, he tweeted out a little bit earlier, always the highlight of his week, getting to join this show. Tweeted that out. I mean, it's, it's there in black and white. And uh, so there's no getting around that. And I know it is, right? I mean, he gets to visit with you, Drew. Yeah. Uh, reminiscing about old times when you guys were, uh, were roomies. And uh, he loves talking to me. It's John that I don't know that he really, I don't know. What's your relationship like, John? He never talks to me. Yeah. Yeah. He and Ben Wargle both. Like if I'm like, hey, uh, Jeff, it's John. You ready for the show? Got it. I'm here. <laughs> like, Got it. Put him on. <laughs> yeah, like we've been through this before, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, so Patricus will be fun. Uh, so we've got that coming up for you. What else do we have in the uh, 4 o'clock hour, John? You're going to leave, right? I'm out. Patricus, though. I want people to still tweet in their dad jokes at Mike Heller Show, at Drew Olson MKE, or at Heller Sports. Oh, we haven't gotten any in a while. No, we've got another cool question coming up next hour. We do? Yeah. It's it's inspired by Drew's um, Brewers Fantasy Camp Week. Ah, excellent. Oh. Drew, do you, do you know why uh, zoo animals can't take tests? No. Too many cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a point up on one of yours. Yeah, earlier, that was huh? the same yeah. thing as I said almost, yeah. Yeah, funny stuff. Funny stuff. And Drew, Drew gets it. He's been giving dad jokes to the Sprout for years. She doesn't laugh anymore, does she? Uh, no, it's not that she ever did. No, never? No. It's, it's, uh, you know what? Teenagers, I don't think they laugh at all. No. Uh, Very seldom. Not in the company of parents. No. Uh, and I was telling John, you know, when the wife is sitting next to him and the kid isn't laughing, then John has to go to the dad joke font. And uh, you know, and see if he can get the wife to laugh. And if the wife laughs, then the kid will probably laugh. Yeah, that's generally the playbook. Yeah. I was just doing that because John refers to his wife as the wife. The wife. And the kid. So, do it. But now he's on the phone. And he is leaving. John's going to leave a little bit early today Dude. because he's on the road probably going to another beautiful Big Ten city. Is Patrick joining us from Champagne, or because of signing day, is he locked down in a bunker somewhere? No, I think he's I... in Champagne. I think okay. he'll make the uh, the trip back. I don't know that for sure, but well, I think he'll uh, I think he'll make the drive back and work those long hours. That he wouldn't uh, be Jeff work. if he didn't write like three football stories in the course of a basketball game he was covering. Yeah. So hey, that's how he rolls. Real quick, did you guys hear they're going to put a fence up around the cemetery? No, oh. people are dying to get hey, in. <laughs> 
That's from our good buddy uh, Steve Tortorese. In the current political uh, climate, we can't talk about fences and walls. And yeah, right. Like yeah. Uh, good choice. Uh, John's going to leave, but we'll be back in just a couple of minutes on The Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. Couple of hours in the books and two more yet to go. We welcome in our newest audience on the score, our friends in Appleton, Fox River Valley, also joining us on the Big 920 in Milwaukee and the Big 1070, 100.9 FM in Madison. Wausau listeners on 100.5 FM and wherever you might be listening to us today on your iHeartRadio app, which is free and downloadable and well worth your trouble. And it's, did I mention it's free? And you can do that on your smartphone. It's the iHeartRadio app, and it is spectacular. It means you can take this show and so many of our other shows with you wherever you go. We've got a busy hour of this hour of the program. Jeff Patrikas, our favorite segment of the week, or at least his. Jeff Patrikas joins us at about quarter past the hour. And uh, and plenty of ground to cover in this Wednesday, make it Tuesday, edition of the Mike Keller Show. little wishful thinking, Drew. I'm already a day ahead uh, but it is only Tuesday, and that's Drew Olson right there. Hey, Drew. It's Tuesday, but aren't you going out of town this week? Aren't you uh, leaving the show? I am. So, so today you're is my the days. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, today is my Thursday. I, I, I get to call, uh, and we should probably have Brian Posick on the show tomorrow, because I get to call Badger Hockey on the radio uh, both Friday and Saturday night from East Lansing, which I can add this. Of all of the Big Ten cities we go to, that might be my favorite. I, I like the campus. I like running through the camp. I've run there many times, and running through that campus in the winter is a great place to run. I just like East Lansing. We might have to have a uh, power ranking of I would put that Ten Road very cities. near the top of, of the Big Ten Road cities. Um, I, I like Minneapolis, but I've always liked Minneapolis. Uh, and th- Although that campus is very urban, kind of like it is in Madison. Uh, so that part I like. And I don't mind Iowa. I don't like Iowa fans so much. Some of the people are good, uh, but the Iowa fans, not a big uh, uh, proponent of them. But, well, yeah, we can go through that. Lincoln is, is probably also right up near the top. But I haven't been there for basketball. Only uh, Well, I was there for women's basketball, not for a men's game. All right, so now that we've covered all my travels, Mike Pilch joins us in studio wearing his Youngstown State pullover. That's correct. I'm a Kent slash Youngstown State grad. Well, I graduated from YSU, but I started my career Kent. So, so can you be a fan of both? Yeah, why Aren't not? They competitive? Pardon me? Aren't they competitive? They can be. <laughs> there is a bit of a uh, there is a bit of a rivalry the there at times. No, oh, Youngstown right. State's Horizon League and Kent's the MAC. Okay, all right. So, yeah. so different sizes and all that. So. so they do compete against one another. They can, especially in hoops. Isn't they that like in... being a fan of Marquette and Wisconsin at the same time? Well, you can do that, can't you? No, you in hoops? cannot do that. Oh. Who does that, Drew? You you you've spent your old your whole life in the Milwaukee area. Can you be a Marquette and a Wisconsin fan? I think you can. If okay. you didn't attend one school, for sure. I mean, neutral, you cheer for both. Yeah. Yeah, I attended both those schools, so 
You know, I'm allowed to represent you. Oh, when you Travis Shaw, by the way, a Kent State grad. True, true. Yeah. And so he said the reason is he kept waiting, and Ohio State never recruited him. Never offered, never a call. Never, you know what's funny about and, that? And he said, you know, I was offered by Michigan and Indiana yeah. and, and a bunch of other schools around the area, but Ohio State never reached out. I'd have gone in a heartbeat. The baseball program I played at in uh, high school, we had eight or nine guys who played collegiately, and like six of us played D1. A couple other guys could have. I don't know that any of us were recruited by Ohio State. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. It's weird. You so. said it's a bad program. But that's it's, his, it's iffy. It's yeah. not bad, but for a Big Ten school, it's okay. Well, it's better than Wisconsin's uh, yes. Big Ten. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Baseball program. <laughs> you ready? He, didn't, he did not know that Wisconsin didn't have a, a Big Ten baseball program. Well, it should, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. All right. So let's go. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. So if you could invent your own fantasy camp, what would you attend? Well, I would uh, I would do what, what Drew just came back from. So I, I think that's at the top of the list is is a baseball, a Brewers fantasy camp, and, and hopefully I'll go next year. And Drew loved it. Um, but, okay, so if we took baseball out of play, I think it would be cool if they had a Hollywood fantasy camp. I was thinking the same thing. Where you could insert yourself into, you know, a famous movie scene with you as the uh, as the lead. That I was thinking that cool. same thing. Same exact thing. Yeah. My dad has um raced NASCARs. Is that the proper term? Um like the Charlotte or no, was it the Richmond Motor Speedway? You okay. can actually pay and go on that and do like 12 laps. And he did that. That was pretty awesome. You're not racing with other drivers, but you get the experience. And I don't know what you're going. He's he's going pretty good on that thing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, what that's would you pretty do, cool. Drew? Yeah, I, I would end up uh, probably the rock and roll way, you know, try to the guitar stuff, like lessons from established heroes that way and be able to play if you could play on stage with us you know a song well, with your yeah. favorite band or something would be awesome and you play more than a little i mean you're i you, i dabble you play you yeah, dabble play but you bit. but I you dabble. work on it i mean you, yeah you dabble at it so it's it's one of your uh your pastimes absolutely yeah, so for for any of the rest of us who don't have uh don't play an instrument that concept is great but it you you know any of us that don't play anything understand that it just doesn't play it doesn't work right well You'd what have if to be a front man i'd have to be what if they had a hockey know. fantasy camp for people who like john who've never strapped on skates and they <laughs> took you from never strapping on skates to playing a hockey game by the end of the week they could Ooh. do it could they i don't I know think so. i don't know if you could do that do you have you skated drew i mean you, yeah, you did, yeah not in years we just played yeah. like right. pond hockey and yeah, stuff yeah, i mean that yeah. was it it, it is, uh, if you try to do it like, uh, okay, so John's 37, I think. Yeah. Um, if he, if he tried to throw skates on now, it would be, it would be Bambi. He'd be bad. <laughs> if be I bad tried, it'd ice. be awful just because it's been so yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Number three. Is Aaron Rodgers engaged? Oh my God. Is this true? Oh my God. 
Who put that part in? <laughs> well, is, I is added that, the flavor okay, to it. Right, so I just you're taking on character. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, okay. So there was a, a picture of uh, Olivia Munn with the with a ring on her third finger of her left hand. So here here's my issue with this. You know she's a Hollywood star and he's an NFL star. That means it's fishbowl life, it's paparazzi. It, it, that part is what it is. I don't mind that there is conjecture and conversation about that. I, I don't think it necessarily comes here other than like in this brief format. The thing that bugs me is when a fan will tweet in or call into one of our shows or write in and say the reason Aaron Rodgers is struggling mm-hmm. is ever since he uh, got serious with Olivia Munn. You know, those conversations, those go ahead and have those when you're hammered at home with your buddies, but don't bring them to this format because that's that's silliness. <laughs> silliness. People care about Aaron Rodgers' marital status more than they want to admit in public. Sure, yeah. Because it's salacious. Because we care about you him. Know. You know, I mean, we're always attached to those, just just as we were with NR, with, with Ryan Braun to a certain extent, and, and Giannis, and those players that we are big fans of certainly we that's why there are books written about them because you want to know more about them and when there are feature articles or a program focuses in on the behind the scenes stuff we're going to watch because we want to know more that's not necessarily bad it it is what it is when it makes it into well that's the reason he struggled on the football field or whatever then that's the part where it separates from just being you know curious she doesn't have number two does she no, she, she doesn't have a movie out because that would be a good timing to get more publicity. Like they're about to walk the. Uh, you know what? She's the red in carpet something together. right now. Let me look that up. I think she is in something, not as a like major star. Office Christmas party or something, but that didn't well, do that's much. Not. Yeah. Holy cow! I just typed her name into Google, and the first thing that came up is is Olivia Munn engaged to Aaron Rodgers. No, oh, well, it's that's so. timely. Timing Let's redo indeed. this because my timing was off. Number two. What do you two guys, because uh, your guys, make of the St. Louis Cardinal hacking scandal and the penalties involved? So the penalties are, right, the first two Cardinals picks in this spring's, uh, this early summer's draft and a $2 million fine. Those picks go to Houston and so does the money. And uh, um, Drew, I'll let you jump in there. I think it could have been worse. $2 million, I think, is the most that a team can be punished for anything. So that was the max. But the two picks, the Cardinals had already lost a pick, didn't they? Because they, because of a free They're agent. They're not even picking until 50th or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's it's not as impactful as I guess it could have been. Um, now, granted, the scouting director in question is behind bars, which affects him, certainly. But uh, it's just such uncharted territory. Rob Manfred, there's, there's no precedent for this. This has never happened before. Corporate espionage in baseball with a scouting database? Uh, what do you do? Uh, so, yeah, it was Dexter Fowler that the, the Cardinals signed, so they gave that pick up, the 19th pick. That's worth more than $2 million bucks. Mm-hmm. So I guess he did what he could, but I just I keep getting the feeling it could have been worse. Was there some determination by Major League Baseball that the information that the Cardinals did not act prudently once they knew that, that uh, their – their guy had been back into the Houston Astros system. Did they process the information that he provided? Did they? I, I think maybe, as I recall, I, I don't think the guy in question like very much. I don't think he cooperated very much. Probably because there was a criminal case pending, so he didn't help with Major League Baseball that much. So I don't know that the Cardinals are are, are kind of culpable that way. But I, I think that uh, that may have that may have been a factor in the decision, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. All right. 
Number one. By the way, Olivia Munn was an X-Men apocalypse. That's what I was thinking of. All right, this whole LeBron versus Charles Barkley thing. Here's some of what Charles had to say about LeBron being a little whiny. Inappropriate, uh, whiny, uh, all the above. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they have given him everything he wanted. They have the highest payroll in NBA history. They, they bought, he wanted J.R. Smith last summer. They paid him. He wanted Shumpert last summer. They bought in Kyle. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Carver. They He's the best player in the world. Does he want all the good players? He don't want to compete? That's about uh, LeBron saying we need another playmaker. It went on and on. LeBron responded. So what do you make of this whole thing? Uh, go ahead, Drew. I love me some Chuck Barkley, but I don't think anybody looks particularly good. Charles is paid to give opinions, and he's not going to back down from that opinion. And I'm sure it's shared. It's it's one of those, uh, you know, it's the old guys, the, the older retired guys. Ah, these kids today. You know, and LeBron did take maybe a few shortcuts on the way to some titles uh, that and that would get under uh, Barkley's skin a little bit. And guys like him, you're saying the Miami titles specifically, yeah, yeah. yeah specifically. But I think that, uh, you know, LeBron is a de facto GM and so is Michael Jordan and Barkley may have been at the same time, too. But I, I, I think that the way this played out, King James was the guy diminished by it, by sniping back at Barkley and bringing up stuff from his past and. You know, Charles was kind of a clown prince as uh, a player, and he did have incidents. He threw a guy through a plate glass window, and uh, that was in Orlando. Ted Davis talked about it during the Mitch Nella show today, and Charles's quote afterwards was asked if he had any regrets. He said, yeah, I wish we had been on the second floor when he threw the guy out the window. Yeah. Which was a great quote. But I, I just think but LeBron giving credence to it, making it look like it gets under his skin, in some ways it just kind of diminishes him. Yeah, I, I think I would agree on. I do think that that Barkley was right um, in saying that LeBron should never have taken that public. I mean, LeBron can have that feeling, but it should be a feeling he shares with Tyron Lue, uh, with teammates in a closed door locker room, and with the owner Dan Gilbert. It should never have been sent from LeBron to media members. That should never go public. And I think Shaq did a better job of uh, of issuing that feeling on what LeBron did. The rest of it is uh, is just, you know what, it's television, it's ratings, it is uh, being provocative, which is what Charles is doing, and LeBron got a little thin-skinned on what happens in the television medium. So uh, I think LeBron, I think it made him look a little small on his front. Which is weird. He's put up with so much, and I think a lot of it hasn't affected him. Maybe all that's coming to the surface now with him a little bit, you know? And he's finally lashing out at some of it. For the most part, I think he's handled it okay through the years. But this is getting a little weird the way he's starting to get here. Yeah, and, and I think he could have. Uh, I think he could have understood the source and where the source. Now this is it, it's the source and who the source is. You know, it, Charles is a great, uh, a great former player, one of the one of the very best that we've seen play the game in his era to a certain extent. Not one of the top ten of all time, not in LeBron's category, but a very good player. But but he's transitioned, Charles has. He is an entertainer uh, in regards to how they deliver information and opinions on that set. And he is going to be the most provocative. Any current player that allows that to get under their skin is kind of missing the point. I think LeBron should have borrowed a page from Patrick Waugh's book when Jeremy Roenick ripped Patrick Waugh back in the day. Didn't he say, I, I, I can't hear him because I've got my Stanley Cup rings yes, plugged in my I ears? Yes, I remember that. <laughs> LeBron should have said something to that effect. Yeah, And that would shut down Charles because Charles didn't win a ring. 
We're going to visit with Jeff Patrikas. He of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS Online. He is our Badger Insider, and his time on the program is brought to you by Star Satellite, your local authorized retail destination and Wisconsin's choice for satellite services. Star Satellite. Biz. We're talking with Jeff Patrikas. It's his favorite time of the week, and it's next. Although I didn't like his Twitter or his picture, I'll share that in a moment, too. This is the Mike Heller Show. Should have played the long run, um... Just because every time we talk to Jeff, it just seems like it takes so long. Like, the segment is too long. I thought Lion Eyes, you'd like that. Well, he's got one of those, too. Yeah. Our Badger Insider segment with Jeff Patrikis is brought to you by Star Satellite, your local authorized retail destination in Wisconsin's choice for satellite services, starsatellite.biz. Appreciate the uh, the tweet with the picture of the... Of the uh, Cardinals pajamas. That was nice. Uh, lovely thought. Always thinking about just thought, what could I get my boy so he can be nice and comfy in the winter as he reflects upon the baseball season? Well, if I, yeah, I could wear those because um, we're talking about cheaters, right, who were fined uh, two draft choices and a couple of million dollars for their illegal espionage uh, in Major League Baseball. Is that right? I don't know. I don't care. I just thought it would be something comfy for you. You like that color. Yeah. Whatever. Do you have any any questions for him, Drew? Yeah, I want to know um, if he finds Champaign, Illinois, to be a garden spot like Mike Heller does. He puts <laughs> it at the bottom of his power rankings in Big Ten cities. Jeff, you've spent a lot of time in Big Ten cities. Where does Champaign rank? Well, as I just spent a couple days in Manhattan, you know, and, and Madison Square Garden, it's a notch below that. Not very far. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, it is below. I would rank it below New York City. So, yeah, it's not. It's. No, it's not a garden spot by any stretch. So no, of the of the bottom feeder cities in the Big Ten, as there are now, what, 16 of them, where would you slot Champaign? There are 16 cities in the Big Ten? Are, are 16 or 14? How many are there? I don't know. I lose track. There's 14. They, they had two while I was like, in New York? No, nah, yeah, okay. All right, so yeah, 14 of those babies. Uh, where would you slot Champagne among the bottom feeders of cities? Because I always do that. I do it this way. Not just the city, but the arena or the city and the stadium combined. Where would you rank Champagne? It's in a solid top 15, I would put it there. <laughs> I mean, the football stadium, they renovated. It's still kind of meh. Um, I, I am curious to see the the basketball arena tonight because I renovated that and I kind of liked it. It's it, it's similar to Mackey, which I really like. But no, I mean if you combine atmosphere of the the campus, the town, and the facilities, this is not exactly it's it's not in the top five of your go to places that you want to see in the Big Ten. What's at the top of your list? Mike just said he's going to uh, East Lansing later in the week. And he's got that's that's his spot near the top, yeah, near the top. Um, I love Ann Arbor because I love uh, the football stadium. That was one of the first college games I ever covered. Michigan, Penn State, back when Penn State went unbeaten and beat Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and the atmosphere there. I mean, the sound isn't as great because of the way the stadium is constructed. But you know, if you want facilities and money and campus and history, I love that place. Ohio State too. Oh, that's a little too much sprawl for me. But, um, yeah, I, I would go with Ann Arbor. It's always one of my favorite trips. When they announce the uh, the recruiting classes tomorrow, what will we make of the class that Wisconsin will announce, 17-ish players? What will we make of it? 
Oh, I'll be curious to see. I mean, I really like the fact that they hit the offensive line hard because, as we saw last season, Joe Rudolph really had a mix and match because you've got you're you're still short on numbers from before Gary Anderson got here. Um, you know, it was the tail end back in 2012 when they really started getting short on numbers. Um, so they they addressed that area hard. Um, I'm really curious to talk to the quarterback from um, Long Island whose uh, first scholarship offer was from Notre Dame, dot, 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 for um, lacrosse. That's where he appeared to be headed until he started getting some interest from football, play, from football schools. Um, put up a lot of big numbers at, the, at a smaller level there. Um, it won't be ranked high in the Big Ten. It won't be ranked high nationally. But I think we've all grown to appreciate the fact that, for the most part, the development is pretty solid at Wisconsin, and guys who didn't come in with a lot of fanfare leave with more productivity than you would have expected on signing day. Is there a service, Jeff, that you you find to be reliable? Because I find all this stuff about, hey, let's rank this class. Let's, it's like grading the NFL draft right afterwards. Uh, hey, great draft, and then two years later the guys are out of the league and they have you know nobody left. And it's 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 to me it's just. It's ridiculous, and it's, I, I all, find this to be similar. All due, res- all due respect to guys who have decided to carve out a niche doing this, I don't follow any of it because, and I've said this before, I mean, I can watch tape, you can watch tape, Mike can watch tape of, 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 of a five, quote-unquote five-star player, a guy like a Reggie Bush, um, a Cam Newton when he would have been in high school, and you can recognize the physical talent. But once you get past five and even four, that's where the recruiting analysts, I'm sorry, they don't have a clue as to how those guys are going to develop in four and five years. And for a school like Wisconsin, which you know, their fans aren't going to like to hear this, because of the academic requirements, they have a smaller pool than some of the teams they're competing against, and they have to have a really sharp eye in terms of, okay, projecting how a guy's going to be you know, four years down the road or five years down the road once he comes there, whether it's a lineman, a running back, a defensive back, etc. Um, so I don't – besides, if you have a larger class, you're going to get a higher rating because you have more opportunities to have higher rated kids. If you have a smaller class, you're not going to be rated that high. So it's just – rate them after they leave, not the first day they, they step on campus. Jeff, are you surprised looking at the calendar? It's January 31st and there is not an announcement on a new defensive coordinator. No. I mean, look at last year. Let's see. Um, Dave Aranda was announced at LSU on January 1st. Um, Justin Wilcox was announced on January 28th, so that's 27 days. Justin Wilcox was announced at California on the 14th, correct? Yes. January? Yep. And so. today's the 28th. So that's we're at 14 days now. Last year took 27 days. So no. And I, plus, I've talked to people at UW just informally joking, and I said, quote, your head coach doesn't give a rat's you-know-what about how fast he announces hire. And the people I talk to just smile and shake their head. He's not worried about it. I mean, I personally think that he's got, and we've talked about this before, some good options in-house to construct a defensive coordinator, whether it's one guy or two. And then you hire a, a, a guy to coach the inside linebackers, which is what Justin Wilcox, that was his position group, in addition to coordinating the defense. So, I know for a fact that Paul's not sweating it. I know for a fact he doesn't know the Internet has been invented yet, so he's not aware that people are sweating it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm completely No, I, I get it. I, yeah, I get it. 
Well, you know, but Greg it's really Gard- not a long time. It's not a long time compared to last year. That's not true. Even compared to last year, Greg Gard must go to the internet for those dad jokes that he tells during timeouts, right? That's well, he goes to the bad jokes webpage because, good lord. The one about I got rid of my vacuum cleaner because it was just collecting <laughs> dust. The one that was okay was the satellite. Thing. The satellite, you know, the reception, reception. yeah. That, that I could appreciate, although I did kind of mumble to him as he walked by. I said, well, now I can understand why they kept shooting poorly. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> uh, it didn't oh. help. oh, man. Uh, so, uh, well... Have you have you started to project out numbers of where we be where you and I might be on a uh, on some type of a wager on the Brewers win total this year? Like, have you done some math on what that number yeah, might be? Yeah, I'm going to win and you're going to lose. No, 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 you've no, never that's... Beat no, hey. no. Every bet we've had, whether it's golf or baseball, you lose, I win. There's so only been projection. two. Yeah, you're over two. <laughs> One was Tiger Woods. And uh, and I don't. Yeah. I don't and you left on that miserably. You put your drive in the water, and you just you were like tin cup, just try, trying to kept hitting in the same spot. And he, you couldn't do it. Hey 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 hey, fella! Anytime you want to take it to the golf course, do you even own a set of golf clubs? My best man borrowed my clubs years ago. And you never got them back. About getting married, and he never gave them back. Yeah. And he might be listening to this. Yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, what else? What else are you working on? Yeah. Well, tomorrow, like, okay. So Drew asked me the question. You're in Champagne, and then do you just all night it to get back and, and take part yeah. in signing well, day? No, I'll I'll get up at the four hour drive, so I'll hit on the road by six because um, we get we get player access at eleven, which is the are the it's going to be the seven kids who are on campus already and signed, and they've been sending out their bios. And Jack Cohn is the quarterback from Long Island is in that group, and he. He's a kid I want to talk to because what's, what's the refrain we or the question we get all the time? Why can't Wisconsin recruit a quarterback? Right. So I'm going to talk to him about that because, I mean, he worked with Phil Sims out there. I mean, he's got big numbers. He's a good-sized kid. Didn't take a snap under center in high school, which is going to be interesting because um, of the type of offense they ran. So just I want to talk to him about you know that a little bit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then now we get the head coach at 1.30, who will say very little about his class. And then we get assistants, who will probably say more than the head coach will, at uh, 2 o'clock. That sounds like a full day to me. Well, I'm curious to talk to the quarterback, because, I yeah. mean, if you look at it, Joel Stavi was an early enrollee and eventually ended up starting games as a redshirt freshman. Alex Hornibrook, early enrollee, started games as a redshirt freshman. Jack Cohn, early enrollee. We'll see. It won't be in 2017, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the road with him. And Caden Lyles is here, too, part of uh, the incoming class. Yeah. He finished up at Middleton, but he's already uh, enrolled and, and early on campus, so uh, he'll be part and of the I'm, next I'm curious. Too. I'm curious to see him in the spring because he's got a lot of size. I mean, and I, I had met him out in Arizona before, the fam, before he moved to Middleton just in the summer when I bumped into the fam up there. And he is a very imposing physical specimen, and he's supposed to be a hell of a player. Yeah, a lot of people have said the same about you, Jeff. Uh, Patricus joining us on the program. Enjoy champagne and the, and the safe travel back, and uh, and then tomorrow we'll be watching for your stuff on signing day. 
I'll make sure that package is wrapped for Christmas for you, baby. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I just threw up. Thanks, Jeff. See you, boys. Jeff Patrikas, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online, uh, joining us as our Badger Insider. And now, okay, so when we come back, if you didn't hear the Greg Gard bad dad jokes, uh, we'll get you those uh, if you didn't hear them. I think many of you have heard them. And you can send us new ones, and we'll forward them on to at uh, Coach Gard. Uh, so the next time they're in a dilemma, he'll have new material to work with. You'll hear that, and we'll talk about that and many other things when we come back. Stick around. This is The Mike Heller Show. Back with you on this Tuesday edition of The Mike Heller Show. Uh, tonight, if you're looking for something to watch, Badger Basketball, 8 o'clock on the road in Champaign, taking on the Fighting Illini. Also tonight, at 8 o'clock Central Time, you can hear you are looking live for the final time from Brent Musburger. At least we think it's the final time. He's working ESPN tonight, calling Georgia at Kentucky uh, final time. Also, you know, in that, uh, and that's worth tuning into. I've always enjoyed Brent Musburger. Uh, and his calls of college football, college basketball. And, in fact, I've always thought, you know, he's just a very, very good big event announcer. I think he has made the big games even bigger. And you just had a feeling that when Musburger was on the call, the game was bigger than even what it was on paper. So uh, so that's going on tonight. Now, listen, uh, Drew, let's go back to these Greg Gard bad dad jokes, all right? So this is this is the scenario. The Badgers weren't playing well, and by the way, when I say that, it really means they weren't shooting well. Their offense was getting good looks. They just didn't make any of them. It seemed like all day against Rutgers at Madison Square Garden. So Gardo, Badger head coach Greg Gard, meeting with the media on Monday, said that you know, in order to try and get his players to relax, get them thinking about something other than missing shots, that he went through this array of bad dad jokes during timeouts at the the Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Some of the better ones are, you know, why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he's feeling kind of crummy. Two satellites got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was great. (laughs) Um, I think that's funny. my other one. Oh, what did the football coach say to the vending machine? I want my quarterback. I don't think that's funny. Uh, What was the other one? Oh, I, I sold my vacuum the other day. He wasn't doing anything except collecting dust. Yeah, and I don't think that's very funny. He finishes, so, though. As you can tell, none of them worked. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, Drew, you're in this world. Uh, I, I'm in this world. I've got like 11 daughters, and uh, they they understand that sometimes Dad isn't funny. I mean, most of the time, we think we're pretty funny. I mean, I'm sure you're funny, and Sprout doesn't always laugh, but yeah. I mean, your your dad humor is funny, right? Yeah, it's a lot more colorful than that. Yeah. That's uh, preschool dad humor. You got to kind of adjust a little bit. Yeah, it is. That is uh that's John Audius to his 4-year-old daughter humor. Now, I I think I can yeah. I think I get a test that you know, from a from a dad joke standpoint, um my girls will make fun of me as and they're all adults. They'll make fun of me, but they know I'm funny with that con I mean, they know when I'm trying to be funny. What? So, like, when you say, uh, why should you not write with a dull pencil? Because it's pointless. I don't typically do that. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Like, what did uh, the finger say to the thumb? I'm in glove with you? Yeah. See, no, I don't, nothing no, like that. No. All right. Yeah. I mean, why is, when they were why little, is six afraid of seven? 
seven, eight, nine. Yeah, right. Right. Oh yeah, that's when, an oldie. When they were little, like, what do you call a guy with a rubber toe? Roberto. <laughs> yes. See, you laughed. What is the difference between two and three? One. Okay. <laughs> See, what's red and smells like blue paint? Uh, red red paint? paint. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Listen, dad. Hum- nobody knows dad humor like dads, and and I think my girls would tell you that I'm I'm funny when I'm trying to be funny. Really? Yeah. They would actually say that. I'm pretty sure. I think we could find out. Why? How? Well, I think your daughter's on the phone. One of your daughters. Which one is oh. this? I think this is Savannah. Yes. Savannah. This is Savannah. Yeah. Can we just cut to the chase? I mean, you know, my, your your dad's humor is pretty funny. I'm funny. Hello? No, you're not funny, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're not funny at all. Wait a second. All now, the same six jokes growing up. Yeah, but they were because, you know, if you have good material, you stick with it. No. But your sisters think Should we that, ask the you, audience? Should we ask the audience if they think your jokes are funny? We would tell our dad we were going to go change, like change our clothes, and he would sing the, don't go change it yeah, every right. single time. Well, we because said it's good. Go it's, change our clothes. Yeah, that's that's funny. It's a Billy Joel joke, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or um, when we'd go swimming, and my dad would say, "Okay, I'm going to go swimming, but I'm not going to get wet. I don't want to get wet, but I'll go swimming as long as I don't get wet." He'd have to make us promise him that he wouldn't get wet if he went swimming. And you guys have never lived up to that either, which is no, sad. we never did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But your sisters think I'm funny. It's just you that Actually, doesn't... What? No, we're in a group chat right now about it, about the dad jokes. Wow. And we were just talking about how they're um, interesting. Well, that's kind of hurtful. <clears throat> wow. They get you out of the group chat, I see. Hurtful. Yeah, do you, yeah I, I wasn't included on the group chat because I don't. Uh, my phone didn't buzz. Oh, Sorry. How often are yeah. there group chats about his shortcomings as a parent? <laughs> <laughs> never. Oh, oh good never. Okay, answer. Good that, answer. That's the best mm-hmm. answer. Right. What was he better at? Telling jokes to loosen the mood, lighten the mood a little bit, or maybe on family car trips, or cooking meals? Mm. Well, he made really good pancakes. The best. There you go. The best pancakes. Thank you. Um, but he was good at lightening the mood with his jokes. See? There are always there are less dad jokes and more just like punny. That, yeah. And then he'd laugh at them, and then we'd all laugh because he was laughing. No, wait a second. You would laugh because they were funny. No, no. Right. no. They were laughing no. at you, it's laughing at me, you. not with me. I see. All right. Well, I've had enough of you for the day. <laughs> no, you know that's never oh, true. Oh man, that's never true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are you uh, you're driving uh, to Madison from Eau Claire? Yes. All right. It's an exhilarating drive. Another tough week of college work is done. Two days in, and that's it. Wow, that yep. uh, that schedule. Sign is, me up it's for a that. Killer. That's it's a fantasy killer. camp right there. <laughs> that's right. College. Well, Savannah, uh, safe travels home, and uh, and I'll see you tomorrow for dinner. Sounds wonderful. Have a great show. Thanks. I know you're listening all the way home, right? Mm-hmm. The All the way. way. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you hear yeah, that? Uh, yeah, as far as you know. Okay, thanks, Savannah Rose. That's Savannah, my daughter, calling in. And and she admitted they were laughing at me. At you. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. you. Which is the goal, right? As a dad and you're trying to lighten the mood, you're trying to get them to laugh at yeah, you. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, you're never cool as a dad. You're, in the eyes of your kid, you're never cool. 
No, it's, that's not going to no. happen. Maybe when you're like five. But like yeah. once you hit like yeah, six, well, maybe not. When the no kids chance. are little, uh, yeah, then they look up to you and they think that, you know, mom and dad, and in my case, particularly dad, they think dad's cool. So the but the the problem is is then once they turn like nine, mm-hmm. uh, once and, and certainly when they get to double digits, uh, typically dads aren't cool anymore. Uh, they they kind of enforce some rules, and then when they're funny, you can't even laugh at them if you think they're funny because that gives the dad a little power. You know, dad can't think he's funny, and I know the girls were laughing because of what I said and did. They just would never admit it, and she can't even admit it now. So she didn't come close to admitting anything there. I didn't think so. Uh well, you just don't know her like I do. Well, no, not yeah. at all. Hey, what is what does uh, Miley Cyrus eat on Thanksgiving? <laughs> Boy, we're really gonna continue this. Pattern? Twerky, twerky. Because uh. yeah, she twerks a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's all. All right. Yeah, we keep getting them uh, sent in on on Twitter. Uh, my friend John said uh, sent in. How do you catch a unique turkey? Unique up on him. Mm. Yeah, see, look at that. What do you call a bear without any teeth? A gummy bear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one earlier today. All right. I used uh, to tell that red paint blue paint joke. I years ago did announcing at a racetrack at a drag racetrack, and I was the announcer, and I told jokes once when we had like a law on the action and anytime i did that red paint blue paint joke i got the most sufficient eye roll from everybody in the vicinity that that was is goal, humanly possible the, the eye roll from the teenage kid is a default setting <laughs> yes basically. it is it's yes. just like there's not even a roll it's permanent it's not they're not rolling they're just kind of like oh, God. yeah now have you reacted to the eye roll i mean is the eye, there are times nah. when the eye roll can get them in some trouble no it, it's it's to the point now where again you have a teenage kid they're they're in the room studying or online or just in their own world and um, there isn't enough. Uh, we don't have enough interaction for me to make lame jokes. Yeah. There's just not. Uh, there's yeah. just not that time right now. Well, I, I've only lived through six teenage girls in in my family, so <laughs> I'm not aware. Uh, of I what could you say speak. something about that, yeah. but I'm not going to. Do yeah, yeah. uh, you want Richard has one that I think he's going to stay clean with here? Well, if we think he is, no, he will. Okay. I, if not, then All yeah. Right. Hello, Richard. Hi, how you doing? Good. Hey, how, how, how do you fix the tuba? I don't know. Tuba glue. Tuba glue. <laughs> tuba glue. Uh, that's good. All right. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. Rhino tweeted, and he was going to tweet in a joke about pizza, but that's kind of cheesy. So he, he didn't. Actually, maybe grin. <laughs> yeah, see? There's a whole thing on uh, on NFL uh, jokes in which players stand across from one another. It's a video with NFL.com. Trying to, they give these stupid jokes and see if the other person will we'll laugh. laugh. Oh yeah, uh, Melvin Gordon was featured in one of them alongside a, a cross from Casey Hayward. Wouldn't the Packers have looked better with Casey Hayward in the secondary? Yes, this Ooh. last year. Uh, so uh, if you want to look for that, video, or a that's lot of people too. Yeah, there are a lot of people, and and this is you know this is the the part of this off season that we're going to get to relatively soon. We've we've touched on it over and over again where the Packers are concerned. From a concept of being active in free agency, I don't think, Drew, and I think you'll agree with me, that they need to be all that active. Now, any activity from Ted Thompson would be a surprise, but if they were active enough to sign a cover corner and a rush end, whether that's a linebacker or, or, or hand on the ground rush end, if they did two of those things, it would be a significant um, build 
in this offseason. So when we talk about will the Packers be aggressive in free agency, I don't know. Two signings for Ted Thompson would be amazing. That's but, huge. But if if it's just two compared to 31 other NFL teams, it wouldn't be all that active at all. And I think it would make a big difference. It's time, like uh, Groundhog Day, you know, it's time for him to pop out because hasn't it been a couple of years since Julius Pepper signed? Yeah, Julius Peppers and Latroy Guyon signed in the offseason before the Packers lost the NFC Championship game in Seattle. 14, yeah. Yeah, so that so, was that offseason. All right, then it's about time for two more. So it wouldn't be out of the realm. It would be surprising because every, every time Ted goes into a free agent mode, it's surprising. But it wouldn't be, again, like every two years. Yeah, so and, and it would be, it would be the end of his era in Green Bay. This is what bothered me about the concept when people said he's going to be aggressive or the the sources, rumors are saying that he's going to be aggressive. Um, the the problem is, is at, why would he now, he's only done that one other time that I can recall with two signing in the same offseason. He may have done it another time prior, but it's just not his MO. And it's hard for a guy even on his way out and he's got 16 months left in Green Bay under contract through next spring's NFL draft to to change his his way of doing business in the last 16 months would be a little unexpected. I think it would be well received, but I think it's still hard to expect that Green Bay is going to do that under the guidance of Ted Thompson. Had you gone for my impossible to do trade of Ryan Braun for Joe Thomas and Joe Hayden, you'd be better off right now. You'd have Joe Hayden in your secondary, and you'd have Joe Thomas up front, move Bakhtiari to the right side. And what were you giving up for that? Like, uh, No, Joe Hayden and Joe Thomas, and I want Ryan Braun. That was my impossible-to-do oh, trade. See, the inter-sport trade. Yeah, yeah the inter-sport yeah. trade. All right. Um, you should have done it. The, the, so the, the so Indians get got Ryan Braun, the, and then the Browns, Browns gave the don't. Packers Was Thomas. Vadova involved in this? Cause no. We ended up with him. Right. I, well, I know you did, who was playing two minutes in the finals last year. Yes. Um, but that was the intra-sport trade I mentioned like two months ago. And that would have helped. Yeah. Joe Hayden's really good. Right. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, Kevin's got a joke. Do you want to hear it? Maybe. All right. Go maybe, ahead, Kevin. Kevin, do we want to hear this? Is this a maybe or... Uh, it's got a good reaction every time I've told it. Okay, all right, let's go. All right, what do you call a singing computer? Adele. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one earlier today. I hadn't heard it, I laughed. Yeah, that's good, that's good. See, there are dumb jokes that can be funny. Uh, I just, you know, and, and I really, I'm a big fan of Greg Gard. I didn't think his dumb jokes. The only one that was funny were the, the satellites getting married. Uh, that the ceremony wasn't fun, but the reception was great. I wonder if he uses a lot of, oh, what do you call them, uh, jokes and references that young guys don't get to. You know, that's another problem. 18 to 22-year-olds are like, what the heck is he talking about? This happened in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if it was impactful or effective or what it that was. That stuff does but, help sometimes. When you're yeah. having a tough day, that's the best way you go about it. You know, shoot guys out. Why aren't you hitting shots? Well, you got to be funny. If, if, we're, if we're going back, if we're going to cut down to the chase and get to the crux of the matter, when the Badgers weren't playing well, and I use air quotes on the radio, which doesn't work, when they weren't playing well, it, really the matter of it is that they weren't shooting well. Right. And that's a lot different than, you know, coaches aren't going to get mad at their players for missing shots. It is counterproductive. It makes them tighter. So that was the the method behind that madness. But 
It's a lot different when somebody was watching them play on Saturday and going, oh, my God, they're playing terrible. They weren't playing terrible. They were shooting terrible. There's a huge difference, and I think that they understood that. On the bench uh, with the coaches and certainly with Greg Gard, it's why he went the avenue that they went, and then they won a game that they that they didn't shoot it well, and those those are good when you can find a win when you didn't shoot it well. We'll get to our big five at five happens right here in a couple of minutes. Stick around. This is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. little later night basketball going on tonight. Badgers playing on the road in Champaign, Illinois, against the Fighting Illini. Game tips at 8 o'clock. Also, Georgia and Kentucky on ESPN television tonight also tips at 8 o'clock. The reason I bring that up is it's Brent Musburger's final call of a college game. And I've always liked Brent Musburger. I think that he has always made good moments better, uh, big moments bigger. And you always felt like there was something special going on if Musburger was on the call of the game that you were interested in. Uh, if he was calling a game in Madison where the Badgers were playing, that game was better because Musburger was on the call. Uh, and not many do that. I think we all know that when Jim Nance is on the call, the game is more meaningful. It means something. I think back in the day when Pat Summerall was the lead announcer for CBS, when CBS had the NFC If Pat Summerall had the Packers game, that meant the Packers were in a big game. It usually meant that they were playing against a good team because at that era, the Packers didn't play a ton of big games. Although he did call the Super Bowl win with uh, Brett Favre at quarterback, I do believe. Uh, So there, there are moments, and I think Brent Musburger is one of those guys that has presented those moments, and that will happen tonight. You are looking live. That will happen tonight with Georgia and Kentucky for the final time, at least scheduled for Brent Musburger. Uh, and that happens on ESPN Television. It will tip at 8 o'clock. I'm Mike Heller in studio, joined by Drew Olson. Hello, Drew. Hello, Mike. Is it true that Brent is going to go work for a gambling site or something? Or yeah, his some family kind of... is doing a, um, a handicapping business. And I don't know. He's not going to handicap, but he's going to work on the business. He's just going to help. I mean, what is he, 70-something? 77. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's, he's going to... Maybe lending his name to it is is how he helps. I don't know how much he'll help from you know he's he's savvy. He's been around the business world in this business. He, for he's a long been known time. to drop in a, a bon mot about the point spread. Yeah, and and you know he was asked about that when he was on with Dan Patrick last week, and I think he he hits it right on the head. A lot of listeners and viewers are tied into that interest of the game. You know, Al Michaels does it all the time. And so does Brent, because they understand that there is a uh, a segment of the viewership that is absolutely late in the game, paying attention to where the game sits on a over-under and on a spread standpoint, especially if the game is already decided. I don't think you find too many times where...
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Al and Brent have done that when the game is hanging in the balance. But if the game is a 10-point game in basketball with 18 seconds to go, then they might throw in the over-under number, especially if it's in play. And uh, and I think that um, I think the networks also get it, or they wouldn't allow them to do it. They'd say, hey, we're not going there. And they used to probably say we're not going there, but they get it. It's all part of the deal, right? At least I think it is. I would say. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pilt is also with us uh, in studio on this Tuesday afternoon, filling in for John Audius, who's going somewhere, one of the Big Ten cities. I don't know which one he's going to. Northwestern, so is it? Oh, Evanston. That's Evanston. Yeah. You know, and the thing about, I was kind of rating as we went through this because I've been to all of them uh, for football and basketball, and Evanston, because it's close, is a, a little bit of a different deal because a lot of times you bust to and from, and, and there are times when I've gone there uh, day of. But Evanston, that neighborhood that the community, uh, that, the, that the campus is in, is spectacular. <laughs> I mean, it is old, beautiful um just north of downtown Chicago, and it's just a beautiful part of the world, you know. But it's it's expensive and it's, it's old. The North Shore area, technically, yeah, it's, in it's it. Great. Yeah, that's high roller territory. Now, from a facilities standpoint, going to uh, the arena there is like going to a Division two or Division three uh, college arena. Yeah, yeah not big time. It's a glorified high school. It's it's essentially a glorified high school field house. Uh, they've tried to make it better, but unless they build a new one, it is what it is, and it's the same thing with Welsh Ryan or, or with the with the uh, football stadium there as well. It's essentially the the same thing. Um, I, my least favorite is where Badger basketball is tonight. I never enjoyed Champagne. Didn't like the arena. Didn't like the city. Um, and I hope um, no, I'm never going to work there. So most I, people seem to vote Purdue. It. West Lafayette is the worst. That seems I used to, to be not the like West Lafayette until. Um, we would stay uh, traveling right downtown in kind of a mall area, and it was right by the river. There was a skating rink across the street. So you were in Lafayette kind of probably place. then? No, I don't think so. We are just right off of campus, just okay. just south of campus, um, north of the river. And, it, and I always liked where we stayed. Uh, and and I, can, I know I've shared stories, uh, you know, to have the conversation with Matt and Mike. There were times when they, and in football, they stay out by the interstate, and it's just kind of an old, dumpy hotel. It's just big enough. Um, but they used to not stay in nice places, and that has a lot to do with it. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We stay in pretty good places when we travel where Wisconsin Athletics is concerned. Uh, we need to get to business here. Let's go. This is the Big Five at Five. The top five trending sports stories this hour. Number five. Speaking of the Big Ten, the Badger basketball team at Illinois tonight. And uh, what's the ceiling for this year's team? They're 18 and 3. They're ranked 10th nationally. They seem to be getting better as the year goes on. Yeah, I would, I would say this. Uh, I would think that this is a team that certainly is a second weekend team. And by that, I'm talking about the Elite Eight of the basketball tournament. I always say this uh, this is always my feeling about the NCAA tournament. If you're good enough to get to the second weekend, if you're good enough to get to the Elite Eight, unless you're ridiculous, that's about all you can do on the deal. After that, I think it's kind of gravy. 
I mean, even Wisconsin's back-to-back Final Fours, they needed uh, they needed overtime to beat Arizona, I believe, uh, in their first trip to the Final Four. And then they needed Sam Decker to kind of go unconscious the second time through to beat Arizona to go to the second Final Four. So I think once you're in the Elite Eight, I think as a fan base, you ought to be happy with that. And if, if you get beyond it, good. But I think they're a team that can do that. I agree. I just wish Packers fans looked at their team more like that. Yeah, right. To play a couple playoff games a year is uh, pretty good and let the chips fall. But now that's not good enough. That's not good enough. We've got a standard around here. And some people will say that the Badgers, you know, they, they'll underachieve if they don't make it to the second weekend of the tournament. Yeah, and you know the, the thing with that, and, and people don't like it when I say this, but I would ask this question about Packers football. Have their rosters outside of the quarterback position been worthy of Super Bowls in the last 11 or 12 years? Oh, hell no. Yeah, so... Last 11 or 12 years? Well, yeah, in in Rodgers, Rodgers been the starting quarterback for nine. This was his ninth, right? Yeah. And then uh, if you went back, the the, the year before that was Favre's final year in Green Bay that lost in the NFC title game against the Giants. And the year before that was Mike McCarthy really trying to get hold of a team. So that's 11 years. Okay. And I was going to say year, 10 and 11. Is... Since 11, and I know the defense wasn't great that 15 and one year, I wouldn't say it's an overwhelming roster of talent. Yeah, so I guess that's the point, is yeah. that people look at it one-dimensionally. With 22 people on the field at any given time, when people say the Packers should have been because of the one position, the quarterback, that they needed to have been in more Super Bowls so far with Aaron Rodgers, I would simply say, just pull the position away for a moment. You don't take him away completely. Pull that out of the argument for a moment. Have the Packers fielded Super Bowl caliber rosters over the last dozen years? And my, my answer to that is maybe a couple of times. The Super Bowl win and the year after when they went 15-1. and one. Otherwise, I'm not so sure. The Seattle game, that was a Super Bowl roster. Uh, they were getting by. Rodgers was hurt, but they were getting by with enough. And they, they could have been a Super Bowl team, but I thought Rodgers did a lot of it himself. Number four. So, Mike and Drew, if you could invent your own fantasy camp, what would you attend? And I think this is more than just sports. Uh, photography for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. <laughs> I want to learn how deal. to take the f-stop and all that. You know, the lighting. Um, <laughs> yes, we have to capture the the sunset. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. That. that. Or or uh, rock and roll fantasy camp where they teach you how to uh, they coach you up and then let you play a song with your favorite band would be cool. I think that would be fun. There are rock fantasy camps in Vegas where you get drunk with, like, the, the lead singer of the Ace Freely band uh, teaches you how to play, Kiss? and then you get drunk. And, yeah, I said my dad did a NASCAR thing. He got to drive 15 laps at uh, Richmond, and you know he's going. I don't know how fast, but fast. That was pretty cool. So, yeah. I would think uh, that one of the cool things would be to to place yourself in a movie scene. Yes. Uh, I think like a Hollywood fantasy camp, it would be pricey, huh? It'd be Richard Branson kind of pricey, uh, where you where you could go and get you know filmed into a movie scene and you're the lead. Like play it again, Sam, for old yeah, times' I mean, sake, well, and then there you could, are playing uh, piano. It, it could be that, or you know, or the party be, scene in Superbad. See, yes. <laughs> or yes. or if we're gonna all go streaking down to the quad uh, with right. Will Ferrell, with I mean, Will Ferrell, one of those deals, sure. Then the women pick you up on the side. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Hey, oh, all right. Right. you're Slide giving uh, 
You're, you're, you're Nicholson on the stand and a few good men. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's your test or, your chops there. Yeah. Or, or Cruz being the, being the attorney that goats him into the explosion. All of that, all of those. Wouldn't it be fun to just put yourself into that role just for a moment? You know, just to, on that little fantasy camp. Maybe it's a two day deal or a three day deal. And they give you that little, um, eight or nine minute movie clip that you now have for the rest of your life. Let's do it. Yes. Number three. Oh, my God. Biggest news ever. Oh, Aaron oh. Rodgers, is he engaged? Oh, oh, my God. No filter there, huh? <laughs> no, no, no worries about uh, how that comes Hey, out. I am perfectly confident in myself in every way. Obviously. Um, yeah, the whole Olivia Munn, uh, if you didn't see, there's uh, the pictures out there on the social media, and uh, I believe People Magazine maybe have had it, uh, about... Uh, Olivia Munn with a ring on the third finger of her left hand, and again, it you know she's she's a superstar in in the movie world, and he's obviously a superstar in the sports world. That means life is in a fishbowl, so I don't have any problem with the with the the pictures out there and the rumors out there. Uh, the only time I have an issue with it is when people want to make that part of failure and success on the field. You know, that that it impacts the way he plays. That is where it gets to the point of being, are we serious here? That just doesn't work for me. When it's off-season, in the breach of, you know, meaningful dialogue and information and news on the Packers, this is what we have. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I mean, there are there are other times, you know, if, if, if we would have seen, if they'd have had a bye week, and uh, instead of the wide receivers of the New York Giants on a boat in South Beach, you would have seen... Aaron and Olivia uh, sunning themselves in, you know, on South Beach or near wherever, that would be an issue because then people are going to say, just the, as they did with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants, that that's a distraction. So those are the only times it would come into play. Otherwise, you know, good for him. And, and if, if that's the direction his life takes with Olivia Munn, great. Great for both of them. He just hope that it's a, it's a happiness and it's a love and good for them. But it's not a sports story. We just kind of made it one. Number two. This is a sports story about Mike Heller's favorite team in the history of mankind, the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, so hey, much he's hey. actually wearing red today in studio. Uh, what do you make of the Cardinals hacking story with the Houston Astros and the penalties involved? Go ahead, Drew. It could have been worse. Uh, there was no precedent. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, was uh, kind of stumbling through the woods on this one and $2 million is the most, according to the Major League Baseball Constitution, that you can find a, a team, so that's okay. But the draft picks, I mean, they already gave up their number one for Dexter Fowler, so these are, you know, middling draft picks. Yeah, he did the best he could, I guess, but I think it could have been worse. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, I think it's probably fairly appropriate. I know that, that you and some others have said maybe it's a, a bit on the light side. Could have been worse. Um the the dude's behind bars, right? So I mean, yeah. he's he's paying a heavy price, and I don't know if the St. Louis he's... Cardinals um, gained an advantage, a competitive advantage in any material that they uncovered, uh, and if they utilized it at all. It's not the same, in my opinion. Although maybe I'm wrong on this, as the um, as the New England Patriots videotaping coaches' signals and using that to gain in-game advantage. Uh, but maybe there's, you know, this video proof or this proof that they had done it um, is indicative of 
something that went a little deeper? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's the Cardinals. Number one. Yeah. You know, it's it's the Cardinals. So for me, um, you should have hit them harder. All right, number one, did LeBron James, with his comments, overreact to some of the comments Charles Barkley made about LeBron, as he calls it, whining, like right here? They're the defending champs. And for him to be trying to hold anything over Dan Gibbons head, and I love all these uh, young, these wild punk-ass reporters on television who's afraid to call LeBron. LeBron's a great player and a great guy. But this notion that he's got to have all the best players on his team. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He want everybody. He don't want to compete. He want to be the favorite all the time. It just pisses me off that a guy that great don't want to compete. I think uh, Charles misses the boat on this one, Drew, when he when he talks about not wanting to compete. I, I think the if you wanted to take umbrage with what LeBron did, you would take umbrage with the idea that he went public with his desire for Cleveland to add another playmaker. Uh, I think it does sound a little whiny when he took it public. Had he just gone to Dan Gilbert, we'd have never known about it. And uh, But I think Charles barks up the wrong tree on this. Yeah, but I think LeBron, in engaging him, yeah. uh, probably, you know, he's prob- he probably should just let it slide. Just said, that's Chuck. Uh, I love the Patrick Wah. I can't hear him. I've got my championship rings in my ears. I can't hear what he says. Or, or I don't watch that TV. I'm too busy playing and trying to win a championship. I don't watch... Uh, the NBA on TNT or whatever. It just, Le- by engaging him, uh, LeBron just, to me, just kind of, it's a misstep. It's a rare misstep by LeBron to, to get into this kind of thing. And uh, I bet, uh, I don't, it just doesn't, it doesn't paint him in a good light. No, we, I, we agree on that. I, I think that they were both wrong. Uh, I think that Charles was wrong to go that direction. I get who he is, what he is. I get the provocative nature of being on that set. Uh, and what he's trying to accomplish. But I think he went too far. He went the wrong direction. And then I think it made uh, LeBron look small the way he reacted to it. And he could have taken a much more effective high road to his reply to Charles Barkley. Absolutely. 877-729-1070. You want to weigh in on that concept uh, or and what we're talking about. 877-729-1070. Back in a couple of minutes. This is the Mike Heller Show. Just after the bottom of the hour, you're going to hear from Travis Shaw. The Brewers should be everyday third baseman when the season opens on Monday, April the 3rd at Miller Park against the Colorado Rockies. He was uh, joined us earlier on the show today. Also had him in at the Madison Brewers midwinter banquet last night that uh, we were part of and had a chance to visit with him. Doug Melvin was here as well. Anyways, uh, Travis Shaw from earlier today. You'll hear that conversation just after 535. We were talking about the Barkley LeBron James situation, and by the way, that heated up on the set for TNT when uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Barkley began barking at one another from opposite ends of the of the set. Um, pretty interesting to be Ernie Johnson in that position with those two big fellas on either ends and, and wanting a piece of one another. Uh, but we're talking about that and wanted to get the weigh-in from Spencer. He called us at 877-729-1070. Spencer in McFarland, hello. Hey, Mike. Uh, so yeah, I'm calling in because uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. I I kind of think it was great uh, that LeBron uh, didn't just keep his mouth shut and and actually told it like it was. I think uh, Charles could could uh, could be called out more often publicly for for you know all the all the trash that he talks about people. 
and maybe you'll think twice about it next time. Probably not, but it'd be, it's nice to dream. So in that world, if we're going to take after an, uh, an analyst uh, and take your personal run back at them, is that really the path? I mean, here, here if we wanted to begin from the beginning, LeBron should have never gone public with his desire for Cleveland to add another piece to their mix. Right? Uh you know, I, 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 I guess I, I can see that. I can see that. But I also think this isn't the first shot that, that Charles has taken at him. So I think, you know, they kind of LeBron had, had sort of hit the, uh, hit the breaking point. And I don't know. I mean, he didn't say anything that wasn't true. So I, I, I guess I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that's the, the – thanks, Spencer. Appreciate your phone call. I think, Drew, that's the entertainment portion. We don't mind a, a little, especially in the middle of a long NBA season – we don't mind a little fire going on in the league. In this case, it's with an, a former player, former great player, and and maybe the best player on the planet. If you want to rip LeBron, you can. There are other ways you can do it. I mean, there are there are other things you can say about him, or but his machinations and his managing the roster and stuff isn't that you know kind of what makes him good. He's look look how, how many times has he played in the finals in a row. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good GM player, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. But the part of Charles' argument that I buy into, they already have the highest payroll in the NBA. It's essentially a similar roster to the one that won an NBA title a year ago, and then they added Kyle Korver, who's a shooter. I mean, I get a little bit of what Charles is saying. How much more do they need to add? You're already paying the biggest payroll in the entire league. It would have been equivalent to you know those Yankees teams of some of the 70s and 80s when they were the highest paid team in baseball by a mile and a half and they're loaded essentially they're an all-star team and then somebody jumping out and saying well Steinbrenner needs to go get one more piece or we're not going to get over the hump I, you know I mean you, you get a little bit of that too yeah there's there's a an element of that I guess um and again like Charles, that was a valid thing that Charles brought up, and that's what he gets paid to do. So I don't really have a big problem with him. So then, should it have stopped there? And I guess I, you know, push comes to shove. LeBron can say what he wants too. That's the beauty of what we're, you know, the sports culture. Shoot, shoot back at him. And then Charles is taking it in a good vein too. Like, what else does Charles need to have a sit down? He goes, "Why would I? It's not going to change my opinion." He thinks uh, LeBron's being a little whiny. Yeah. So, yeah, and and that part of it, I don't disagree with. <laughs> 877, it was the rest. 877-729-1070. Royce is in the Dells. Hi, Royce. Hey, good afternoon, Mike. Hey, just I'd just like to get your opinion on the difference between LeBron going public, and I think everybody knows, and I heard you know Pete Doherty on your show the other day, when Aaron Rodgers said, we got to reload, you know, like Pete said, who else could that have been meant for except Ted Thompson? You know, and then I think Aaron also on the Mike uh, Florio earlier this year when Florio said there was strife between Rogers and Mike McCarthy. I think Rogers called him out on that pretty well. But I'm really interested in your take on the difference between what Aaron Rodgers did and what LeBron did. Thanks. Yeah, I uh, appreciate it, Royce. Uh, I think he okay. So, uh, the second part first when he called he called out Florio saying some guy on the outside trying to tell you that he knows what's going on in here. He's not in any of the meetings, not in any of the... And he was... I mean, because Florio had intimated that there was a rift between the quarterback and the head coach. 
And I think that uh, Aaron felt comfortable taking a shot at Florio. Uh, we haven't seen you around here. What are you talking about? Uh, I didn't mind Aaron's run there. And also I think that Aaron at that point was tired of hearing that there are issues between the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, well, how often – I mean, Charles – it was a different tenor of the comments. Charles is talking about you know Le- LeBron trying to manage that roster and be the GM and what else are you asking for? Whereas uh, you know what Florio was saying about the dissension, he had to hear from somebody on the inside or else made up. I don't know. I don't know who his source was, but yeah, and Charles didn't need a source though because right. it was, the source was LeBron. <laughs> yes, and then from a Rogers uh, saying we we don't need to rebuild we need to retool and you know we need to be all in every year that is not um, nobody looks at that and can disagree with it uh, I mean I think what Charles is saying about LeBron is that you're already the reigning champions you have Kyrie Irving you have Kevin Love you went out and went and got Kyle Korver and then you're the best player on the planet. So I think that's what he's saying there. Where the Packers are concerned, I think anybody that watched them could see that, especially defensively, they are not where they need to be in order to be a a Super Bowl team. So I don't know. And Aaron didn't say, hey, we need a defensive back and we need a linebacker. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Karen, our defense isn't good enough. That would have been bad. Uh, well, I think we all read between the lines when he says we need to retool some things and we need to be all in. I think what he's talking about is it would help if we had a running back that wasn't a receiver, and it would help if uh, we re-sign our tight end, and it would help if our defense was equivalent to a top 15, top 10 defense in the NFL. And who's going to disagree with any of that? Nobody. Yeah. So I think that's the uh, – to cut to the core of it, Royce, I think that's the difference between – what LeBron did and what Aaron Rodgers did in his end-of-season presser. And by the way, that was right after, um, I don't think that was on Monday, I think that was on Sunday, that was after the game in Atlanta. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think a lot sure of this with LeBron Atlanta. is a lot of emotion that's been bottled up that's coming out. They won the title, he was high as a kite after that. He campaigned hard for Hillary Clinton in Ohio, that didn't work. His shoe sales have not been good with his new shoe, the team's... The Cavs so are very bang, banged up right now. So, so he's he's having a tough time for by his standards. We should get a GoFundMe thing, yeah, right? But and then he's just dealt with a lot of outside noise most of his career, and I think this is just the boiling point for him, where it's just he's just had to the point where he's like, you know what? I don't care if I say something; I'm saying it. I think that's part of yeah, it. I don't. Uh, none of that. Listen, I, I didn't. I I found fault in both of them, and I found uh, that both of them were accurate in, in much of what they said as well. Um, and I get why Charles does it. He's doing it because that's what he. That's why they pay him what they pay him mm-hmm. is to be that guy. Did you want to hear that Shaq Charles thing or no? Have you heard? You've heard that, haven't you, Drew? 
where Shaq jumped into the mix? Yeah, I, I'd listen again. Yeah, though. that's good stuff. Yeah, play that. We you have know, it. it's inappropriate because I think in a professional manner he could have went upstairs. You know, they have you know they have great history, have some bad history, but you know the history was rekindled. He should have went upstairs. But you don't think there's something wrong with even wanting no. more? No, let me like from no, where you are not. now. You don't think that no. there is something, something fundamentally wrong? There's something fundamentally like, wrong. Saying that yeah, he wants more. You play for a team that had Big Four. You forgot about that? You, you, Akeem, Scotty. First of all. That wasn't, that wasn't not even close. That wasn't, it doesn't that, matter. No, it's not it, even close. It doesn't matter. We were all old men way it, past our prime. It doesn't matter. This guy matter. just won the championship. He got a young Kyrie Irving and a, and a terrific Kevin Love. And yeah, now, but it takes more than that to win the championship. They just won the championship. What do you mean it takes okay. more? <laughs> okay. They just <laughs> won the championship. First of all, you know nothing about going back to back. I do and Kenny do. You, Man. Listen, teams are coming out of his head. They need more. They need a big shot Bob. They need a guy like Kenny Smith. They need a playmaker like LeBron said. It's only inappropriate because he went to the media. He should have went to Dan Gilbert and said, hey, I need help. Boom, boom, boom. And they should have had a private conversation. I I I love Shaq. I I think Shaq is it, it, sometimes I can't understand him because he doesn't enunciate well enough. But I I think Shaq is hilarious. He I, is. I hilarious. think he's funny. Uh, I think uh, you know he, he also lived that NBA life in which he didn't screw things up. He was not in the police blotter. He wasn't. He's uh, actually a policeman. Quite yeah, frankly, I mean there were a couple of times when he didn't uh, when he and Kobe had issues because he, that Shaq didn't work out hard enough to come in in great shape. But uh, I like Shaq as a player, uh, and, and I like that back and forth. I don't watch and listen to them on a nightly basis when they're on together, but uh, I know people that do, and it's a very entertaining uh, show on TNT when the MB- where the NBA is concerned. That's the beauty of it too, is the back and forth and like the the trash talk, and it's your buddies at the bar basically is what it is, and you're eavesdropping on them, and it's that's what makes it good, and that's what leads to. You know, some some so current players got to realize that that's what they're doing, and and feathers are going to get ruffled. And it's easy for us to say, well, just don't listen to it. But when you're being asked about it, I guess it, it, that becomes pretty tough. Travis Shaw, the uh, new Brewers' third baseman, he'll play a little first base too. Uh, he joined us earlier in the show today. He came over from the Boston Red Sox in a trade in early December. You'll hear that conversation we had earlier today from with Travis Shaw. That happens next. This is the Mike Heller Show. Got a chance to visit with Travis Shaw last night at the Madison Dugout Club Brewers Winter Banquet. He was in attendance last night, and uh, and when we caught up last night, we decided we would visit today on the radio show. We had a conversation. Travis Shaw returned to uh, beautiful Florida earlier today, and we had a chance to talk with him earlier on the Mike Heller Show. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it, the hit kind of took too long. I made my debut in May for one game, and I got called up again uh, early June for one game. And so it had been a, a couple of months, but I'd only had, I think, 10 or 11 at-bats before I got my first hit. But it was, on, it was actually on my dad's birthday, so it's going to be hard to, it's gonna be hard to forget it. It was on July 7th against the Marlins, and it came off of Dan Heron. Oh, that's not too shabby. Of, of, uh... yep. <laughs> so, I mean, how much of your dad's career do you remember watching? Uh, I remember pretty much all of it when he got out to Los Angeles, uh, I remember bits and pieces of Cincinnati, but uh, once he got out to Los Angeles, I feel like I was old enough to remember because that's what sticks with me all the time. And, uh, his last two seasons, I mean, I was at the ballpark pretty much every single day, and that's something something that I'll never forget, and I'm extremely grateful that he, he brought me every day. 
You know, we had a chance to visit last night um, and talking about being, you know, finding your way to get acclimated with a new club. You got to do that uh, in being called up for Boston. Let me let me do a little bit looking back before we look forward. In your first full season last year in the bigs, how many times did you find yourself maybe just privately, quietly, just in your own head going, wow, that guy is really good? Or when you saw somebody do something, whether it was Big Poppy or somebody that you're playing against, where you go, wow, this is it's pretty impressive. Were there moments like that for you? Yeah, I can remember two in the second half of the season, just watching Mookie Betts and the MVP. I think he's the MVP runner-up last year, and what he did last year at age 23 was just astonishing to me. I mean, he had two, three home run games, and it's just watching him day in and day out go through his stretch that he went on all season long. I mean, he he started off a little slow, but I mean, his his slow definition is different than other people's slow definition, but uh, watching him play last year every single day in right field and at the plate was something uh, something that's pretty special to watch. One of the things I've always heard from players, Travis, is that playing in Boston is like playing in the playoffs every day. You know, stadium sold out, and the, the team has followed probably more closely, other than maybe the Yankees, than any other franchise Arguably in, in in baseball, definitely, but arguably in sports. So, you know, what is that like to come into as a young player to to learn to deal with that kind of that that fishbowl existence of being a Red Sox player? Yeah, the the media up in Boston is a different animal, and they're extremely intense. Uh, they demand excellence. There's no there's no rebuilding. It's a win now every single year, and they the Red Sox do a pretty good job in the minor leagues of preparing guys for that. And they go through a couple programs when you're when you start hitting double A, triple A level that they try to they try to prep you for what that's like. Granted, it's always different when you get up there, but um, they do a pretty good job of that. And the group that I came up with that I got called up uh, my draft class in 2011, we all pretty much ran through the system uh, at each level, pretty much the exact same time. So uh, when I got called up, half the guys from my class were up there, and probably a couple weeks later, some more guys came up. So we had we had six, seven guys that I had played with my whole career that they got up there about the same time that I did, which which makes it a lot easier. A couple of interesting notes on, on that front. You've spent your entire career as, uh, from the time you were drafted through the system as a Boston Red Sox, uh, and you were also predominantly a first baseman. How about those adjustments to a new club and also uh, being a guy that will probably play a bit of both, both third and first base? Yeah, the transition to the National League is going to be different. Uh, National League baseball is a lot different than American League baseball. American League East, it's who's hitting last and who can hit the most home runs. And I know National League is a little bit uh, different of a game, but that's going to be a change. But for me, last year, playing third every single day for most of the season, uh, that, that allowed my comfort level at third base to go really high again because that was the first time I played third since college on a daily basis. And I'm looking forward to a new opportunity this year. And whether that's at third or first or wherever they want to put me, uh, I'm willing to do anything they ask. Does that impact your your offense when you're working on, you know, because obviously you want to field that position and you hadn't done it a ton, so you had to work on it harder. Did that impact, did you feel it impacted your offense? No, not really. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it impacted my offense. I do have to work a lot harder at third base than I do at first base. First base comes pretty easy to me it's so natural um last year there was a ton of extra work that i had to put in at third base and spring training and pretty much all through the season every single day 
and that's something I'm going to have to carry over into this year. I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to get to the comfort level that I that I'm at at first base, at third base. But if it's getting there, I don't want to say it affects my offense, but I do have to work a lot harder at defense at third base. As long as we're talking about adjustments, Travis, let's talk about you know adjusting to spring training in Arizona. I think you're going to like it, but then again, there's the home advantage and all that stuff. But what have you heard from guys about what it's like and the difference? You know, shorter bus rides and fewer night games and things like that. I've heard nothing but good things about Arizona. Uh, I've been out to Arizona. I played in Arizona Fall League, and I love Arizona. It's it's a place that I enjoy visiting, and I don't think I'm going to miss Florida spring training at all. Granted, the proximity. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The home's a little different, but uh, Arizona spring training is one of the major things I'm looking forward to. You know, we had a chance. Uh, I wonder how that uh, acclimation works. You had the, the weekend on deck event in Milwaukee, and I would assume that that's the first time you've really spent with any of your new teammates, right? Yep, that's the first time I've met any of them. I knew Taylor Youngman; he was on my fall league team. But other than that, I didn't know I didn't know anybody. None of the coaches, nothing. So it was like a new kid walking into a new school. And for me, it's different. But uh, this weekend was a good a good starting point for me. And now, when spring training rolls around, it won't be totally new. What went into your selection of uh, number twenty one? It was a number I wore in the minor leagues my whole career uh, from the time i got drafted uh until till triple a as long as it was available and i obviously i played well enough to make it to the major leagues and when i got to the big leagues the red sox don't get out 21 so uh, i had to wait a couple of years but i got it back now so when uh when the trade happened in december december 6th uh how did you find out and did you have an idea that there may be some action I had an idea that there was going to be some action. I didn't expect it to come so suddenly and so early in the offseason. Um, Dave Dombrowski, he was the first person that called me. I had a message on my phone when I woke up that morning to give him a call back. So called him back, found out, and then David Stearns called me about 10, 15 minutes later. And then it took about 48 hours to kind of set in, even though you're expecting it. Not really, I don't want to say expecting it, but you have a good idea that it might happen. Um, when it does happen, it's still kind of, kind of a shock for a little bit just because like you guys said earlier i spent my whole career with the red sox so it was the first time i i had uh i had change in that in that regard we how are close oh i was gonna say how closely will you follow red sox games this year do you think like box scores <laughs> and everything and particularly mr tyler thornburg because you're always going to be linked with him now because he's the guy that you were traded for i mean i'll probably pay attention to him uh i'm <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be on plenty of Sunday night baseball games, so I'll get to watch them on TV a little bit when I'm at home, and uh, I'll check up on the box score to see how my guys are doing, how my friends are doing. But uh, yeah, I will. Hopefully, I mean, I hope Tyler plays well over there. I mean, it's it's a great place to play in the summer, and obviously, the guy you get traded for, you you want to do better than he does. You want to, you want the I want the Brewers to win the trade versus the Red Sox to win the trade. 
Yeah. Hey, so do we, Travis. <laughs> so, yeah. so do we. Um, and, and then the other, uh, the other good thing about this deal is you get to leave a nickname behind in Boston. Uh, I mean, you're not going to, I mean, Milwaukee's not going to be Ding Dong City, so you're not going to be the mayor of Ding Dong City. Uh, so we we get to come up, and somebody's going to come up with uh, with a new moniker. Do you actually have a nickname that, that people go by other than that one? I do not. Uh, nickname's right. never been really my thing. It's whatever people want to go with. I mean, the thing in Boston took off, and who am I to stop what everybody wants? So if somebody comes up with something, I'll roll with it. Well, we'll have to we'll have to spitball this one for a while. Maybe when we get back with you, we'll see you at spring training in the first week of March or second week of March when we're out there. We'll have to see if anything has evolved uh, naturally. I mean, right. Travis, one of the things I, I'm impressed, I'm amazed by what guys do in the major leagues on a pretty much a daily basis and have been for years. But I think um, maybe the toughest job in ball is the guy who parks cars at Fenway Park. Uh, in the players' lot, because that is, for, if you've never been to Fenway, it's on the smallest footprint possible. And the guy who parks car, the, the way the cars are wedged into that lot, I'm wondering if you ever had a chance to marvel and if you ever had any scratches or anything, because it's just ridiculous how many cars they can wedge into a tiny space. It's impressive. They have two or three guys that are allowed to move cars. I think there's four or five guys that work down there, but only two or three of them move cars. But the just. I mean, it takes some skill to figure out how they're all going to fit in there, especially when we go on the road, because they find a way to get them all under that under that thing or under that overhang. But it's it's impressive. The club's liable for any scratches, though. But it's somewhere happened. I didn't have to pay for it. So, uh, so when that happens, uh, uh, I'm not familiar with this. So you have to valet. You you don't you can't go get your own car. No, no, no. They have to. They pretty much pull it out. They they suggest that they pull it out in case something happens. Because I mean, there's. Uh, they are tight. It is shoehorn, Mike. It's ridiculous. So yeah. I walk through the players, mean, and these the are nice cars. cars. cars are, yeah, some cars are literally inches from other cars, and sometimes they have to move four or five cars just to get yours out. Well, you're not going to have that issue in Milwaukee. Uh, I can tell you oh, that. Oh, big so. players lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very good. Good, good. Well, Travis, it's a pleasure to visit with you. It was good to meet you last night. Thanks for uh, for doing this and jumping on the show here today. And uh, and we'll see you out in Arizona the first week of March. All right. Thanks, guys. And by the way, Drew, when we're going out there March 7th through the 12th, it's a, it's a perfect transition into inviting our listeners to go with us. You can go to the Big920.com keyword spring, Big1070.com keyword spring, or go to Eljo Travel. Now, we're going out March 7th through the 12th. It's a Tuesday to a Sunday. And Drew and I, we are going to be working hard, I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if the bosses are listening, yes. Yes. I mean, we're, we're going to be gathering interviews. We're going to be doing shows. We're, we're, we are going to be – I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's physical. It's, it's difficult labor. But you, going along with us, you're just on vacation, soaking up the sun, having a couple of cold beers. Uh, we've got it all taken care of. We've got your tickets. We've got your lodging. We've got your travel. It's all covered. Uh, all you got to do is go figure out how to get it done and who's going with you. And do it quickly, because we need to know the names, and we need to get some things locked down for reservations, because before you know it, it's going to be March 7th, and we're going to be getting on a plane. So try to do that as quickly as you can. The Big920.com, the Big1070.com, keyword spring. Yeah, Eljo Travelers are partners on this, and you just went with them on the Your Fantasy Camp. They handle all of that. And Everything. And it's seamless, right? I mean, it is, it's great. It's incredible what they do, and they've done this. This is not their first rodeo, and uh, you will get to games, and you will have. it's going to be a good time, and you are literally just hanging out with us, so it's going to be fun. 
Now you had a chance to uh, to chat off mic with uh, Doug Melvin a little bit last night. He's he's enjoying this move. He's still in the offices, but he's he's enjoyed this transition, hasn't he? Yeah, he definitely has. He's uh, watching. He said he will go to watch more of other clubs during spring training. He doesn't feel like he needs to hang around the Brewers as much, and he can go watch the minor league t- teams. So. He's got. A, it's been a little freeing for him, and I also got to speak to Matt Arnold, who is David Stearns' assistant, and uh, he's more in the thick of you know, living and dying with the Brewers. But Doug just seems like a guy who's, you know, he's doing what he loves. He gets to go and watch baseball. And I asked him specifically because he's the kind of guy that in the when he was the Brewers GM, he would sit and watch his team play every pitch, and then he would go home and to unwind, he would watch everybody else like the West Coast games, and we <laughs> yeah. would talk about those. And I said, "Are you still doing that?" And he said, "Yes, I still watch all the games I can." Well, yeah, you can't get that out of your system now, Kenny. I, I mean, guess not. I guess like when Ted Thompson retires, he's just going to look at film of uh, college guys. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, if you're a scout, and that's how all these guys came up. I mean, Doug was a, a scout for many years. He was a, a GM for 20, but he was a, a scout leading into that. I mean, that part of will never leave your system because that's the old antiquated way of about going uh, about the process. You had to see somebody. You had the jugs gun. You, I mean, you figured you figured everything out with your radar gun and your stopwatch, and uh, that never gets out of the system. And Ted Thompson is the same way in all the football vernacular of what a scout does. They just want to see it. They've got to see it, and then they got to watch the video and watch the film, and that's how they go about the process. And that's, there's really no substitute for that. For all the numbers, you still have to watch and gather information, and there's still, although it's a little bit cliched in Moneyball, and that uh, for what's the thing about trouble with the curve? Yeah. A little bit right. amplified uh, the rift between old and new school. Um, there is something to be said for the way that they used to do it. Well, and and I, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna uh, flatter you here a little bit. I'm looking forward to spending time around a ballpark with you because that's what you did, you know, every day for all those years. And uh, it's my favorite sport and one that I had a little knowledge just from playing. But uh, I'm looking forward to our processes that we're going to go through, whether that's at spring training or or sitting next to each other at Miller Park for home games. It's going to be fun, and we get the added bonus that Tom Hodgecourt will be out there, and we can um, we can you know. Maybe hook him onto a segment or two, and uh, have yeah. some real. You'll get to see the. You'll get the Hardercourt experience in the press box. And Tom Hardercourt is uh, going to be a little bit on our team, right? As we uh, we roll forward with these. Yeah, shows. I think yeah. we might find room for him on the on the airwaves once in a while. Yeah, I think that so could happen. That'll work. And and Bill Schroeder will do some of that too, and we can uh, uh, lasso Rock into the program as well. So. All that down the road. We're not that far away. Tomorrow's February the 1st. The Brewers will have pitchers and catchers that report to camp in 14 days. So we're getting there. When you flip that calendar over tonight, uh, you're, you're getting there. You just have to get through the month of January, and then you get that pitchers and catchers report. March kind of can drag a little bit, but we're doing our best to help you take That's care right. of that. Go to spring training, then yeah. March Madness, and we're good to go. I always remember Mike covering the uh, state high school tournaments at the old field house, and we'd always get a blizzard right during like the boys' tournament. They, yes, they make those announcements for people who are leaving. You know, be careful on your drive back because it's really bad out there. But then it was over and it melted quickly. So once we made it to March, we're good. The St. Patrick's Day blizzard. Yeah, that'll happen too. Uh, get a little Badger basketball tonight at eight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on National Signing Day on the Mike Heller Show.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.